0: A crazy podcast about DC With your host E-Rock and PD When we speak up, you get your keeks up Cause you know you got to get geeked up So sit back, relax, and get comfy Lose your mind like Solomon Grundy And listen to a show that won't be forgotten Coming straight out of Gotham
1: Gotham City, welcome to episode 67 of Straight Out of Gotham. We are a fandom pop culture podcast and a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Make sure you check out all the other great shows on the network by uh, heading on over to batmanonfilm.com. Click that little drop down, and there's a buffet of shows from our show to the Batman Book Club, uh, Colonial Broadcasting. Uh, I think that's how you say it. I don't know. Michael, tell me in a week. Uh, Gotham Outsiders, Comics on Consoles, ZLTD. Bunch of great shows, as Ryan Lau would say, for us to uh, frolic about. So, uh, I am your co host from the other side of the Hudson River. I am Peter R. Vera, and we are uh, recording on February 26, 2022. And as always, we have a great show for you today. But before we get into the good stuff, I'd like to remind you, all our faithful listeners, that if you take the time to rate and review this show on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, and we read you on air, you won a straight out of Gotham prize pack. So, be in it to win it. Review this show like an episode of Titans by Eric Holzman, and uh, that's the only way you're going to get that prize back. Now, let me introduce you to my partner in crime, the man who won the Apple Pie Eating Championship of Martha's County Bakery in Bayside, a fellow Batman on Film contributor, the biggest valentine in all of February, everyone's favorite man, Eric Holzman.
0: Hello there, Pete, and wow, that might be the nicest one you've done. Uh, Thank you. Uh,
1: Well, Martha's is a good bakery.
2: Yeah,
0: but everyone's favorite valentine i wasn't expecting that
1: uh, it fits for the month it's february you know you're awesome. like cupid you know everyone loves you <laughs> yeah you know, now and now that we're sponsored by manscaped and everything's controlled down there the ladies love you even more
0: that's true man that's a good point so very just much get that
1: 20 percent plug in there you know i'm in demand shipping.
0: i'm in demand which is promo which is code nice. gotham
1: you can uh, you can trim your bushes like eric holzman <laughs> we'll get
0: to that later we'll get to that part later but, uh, yeah, the that's f- hard to talk about apple pie now after you went that that route, but uh, I guess we can we could go there uh. <laughs> I, uh, this is not American pie, yes, yes, I uh, yeah, another one of my my eating contests, my eating prowess.
1: do you have the strongest jaw on Long Island?
0: My jaw, my stomach, even though as you get older, the stomach starts to betray you a little bit.
1: Uh, we all know Aquaman has abs don't, so. don't, oh yeah don't they're
0: hidden they're hidden under several layers of flab, but yes, their abs <laughs> are there, so
1: uh <laughs> I feel like if i
0: once I lose some weight, I'll be able to to show they're there they're there show, you know show why
1: why have a six pack when you can
0: have a keg? It's true, and it's it's so much it's so much nicer to rub, I guess I don't know, but uh <laughs> rub, dub dub <laughs> but yes, um, again. Episode sixty seven, man,
1: this is crazy. This is it. This is this is crazy because one, it's the final episode of Guest Month. Yes. And two, this is the last episode where we can say we haven't watched the Batman because next week, yes, we're all going to be together. The inner circle is going to be all together to watch the uh, the latest and greatest from Warner Brothers and DC Comics. And uh, you know, I think I think it's safe to say that we're all excited.
0: Yes we are all excited and last night i had the opportunity to be on the vigilante 1939 show their little tailgate party that they do before the big events mm-hmm. it was fun to be there and um javi javi was also on and it was cool to see him because i told him i'm actually going to see you next week i'm actually gonna get to meet you in person which is going to be a lot of fun so i want to thank the guys again they do a great job i want to thank them for having me on
1: um, it was having, a good show i watched it myself it was like, having me on their a good show job. you were we were very proudly represented by the champion of Long Island.
0: Yes, I felt like I was carrying, until Javi came on, I was kind of carrying the mantle for both BOF and SOG. And mm. now, I, then Javi came on to kind of help out. So we had an extra guy in there. But as you said, this is our final episode of Guest Month and so let's bring on our our guest for this month he is the host of the adam show movie show he's the he has a podcast as well the world of football which for me obviously we've had a lot we've had a strong football president presence in guest month
2: um so i said his name already adam snow adam welcome to the show hey hey thanks guys for having me uh i'm you know completely honored to be the last of you know following three great guests uh you guys have had and unfortunately one of them was a packer fan and it's a lions fan i don't know how to feel about that uh but again no. thanks so much well are you happy for matthew stafford of course i okay i am one of those lions go. fans that was rooting for matthew stafford that i never thought he was the problem in detroit so seeing everything he got to do in la is you know the closest i might ever get to seeing the lions be successful which is super <laughs> sad
1: did you buy a t-shirt? Did you get your Rams Super Bowl t-shirt? just for, Or maybe a Matthew Stafford <laughs> well, Super Bowl t-shirt or something like that?
2: Technically, I didn't pay for anything, but my mom, knowing that we are all Matthew Stafford fans in mm-hmm. our family, bought us the Detroit Rams shirts that they've been uh, selling around Michigan. And I got some okay. hate on Twitter for that from the true Lions fans because I was supporting Matthew Stafford, so...
1: Well, you know, the true DC fans are boycotting the Batman, so, you know, like, <laughs> it, it goes both ways. There's idiots
2: all over the You're Right. There's, There's yeah, not so... a whole lot of difference between the sports fans and, you know, DC and Marvel fans nowadays.
1: <clears throat> yeah,
0: so that was actually, um, that had to be, I'm sure that was a little bittersweet though, right? Watching
2: him win the Super Bowl as not a part of the Lions, I would assume uh not I mean maybe a little bit but I was so happy for the guy. I was almost in tears when oh wow uh, he was on the stage. Yeah, like the dude he did everything for Detroit. That dude literally broke his back for our team and mm-hmm. our organization couldn't do anything for him. So I mean, I I have no ill will towards him at all.
0: All right.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how I would feel. Um Eric, how are you going to feel when Sam Darnold wins a Super Bowl?
0: Yeah, that's never happening. So I'm not worried about that.
1: <laughs> I'm perfectly
0: confident in saying Sam have will never win a Super Bowl.
1: Is, but even maybe, something, what about know. Todd Bowles? Did, were you cheering for Todd Bowles in the Super Bowl? Against? Well, he won. He won last year with the Bucks. He was the he did. So I'm yeah. curious. Did you? Did you? No, root for him? I did
0: not. I not I couldn't root for Tom Brady. I mean, I can't root for Tom Brady. That's like against my. I would get kicked out of Jet fan world if if that was if I rooted for Tom Brady so I can't do that but I remember when Chad Pennington um the Jets signed Brett Favre and Chad Pennington went to Miami and they actually Miami won the AFC East that year
1: I remember and I
0: remember being pissed about that uh because of like we just we got we're supposed to be upgraded at quarterback and then he goes down there and he wins the division so, like, that was tough for me because I, I love Chad Pettiton. I thought he was going to be a really great um quarterback. The injuries really derailed his career, but I really mm-hmm. thought he was going to be an excellent player.
1: Eric so. lives a miserable sports life.
0: Oh, outside of the Yankees, <laughs> I have had nothing. And the Islanders, when I was, like, five, four, five, and 6 as a little, little boy, I have had no sports joy in my life. The Knicks were good in the <laughs> 90s, but they never finished the deal. They never won. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Jets have just pleased. They made the AFC Championship game three times and lost all three times. So I have never had that. Uh, and those are my two favorite sports: basketball and football are my two favorite sports. So
2: in the sports, right. I at least you guys most. got to the championship games. Like I was two or three when the Lions went to the conference <laughs> yeah. championship game, and the one year they won a God, they they won one playoff game, and I was two years old, so I couldn't even enjoy it. So,
1: do, were you, do you remember Barry Sanders at all? Were you too young for that?
2: Oh, yeah. Barry, I remember. The Barry run is some of my favorite stuff. I was there. There's like one famous run of him juking some New England Patriots guys out, and that was like my first ever Lions game. I was five okay. years old at the time, uh, but I remember that. Yeah.
1: So. Uh, Barry Sanders was huge when I was a kid. And was, when he, I remember when he retired, I, I just was like, I don't get it. Like, he could still play. <laughs> like, right.
0: what's yeah, he, yeah. It's like, you
2: know, Two Lions. Like have done that.
0: Two Lions, Calvin Johnson, the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> they both yeah, we're, left early.
2: Yeah, don't get me started on that. I mean, uh, <laughs> like the Barry Sanders one was a big sore spot for like my dad. He like resented Barry after that. Like uh, qu- he he said they quit. Uh, you know, he quit on the team and he had a lot of good years left. And it, we've seen what the organization's done to guys, and it's not been good. So I don't fault any of those dudes for wanting to leave or retiring early. Mm-hmm. The organization's been trash. So hopefully we're turning things around, but we'll see. I say Are that you, every uh, year.
1: Tigers Tigers fan, Red Wings fan, Pistons fan, fan of those teams.
2: Uh, not per se like I root for all Michigan sports teams. Any any mm. professional team, college team in the state of Michigan, they're they get my support. I won't say like I'm a Red Wings fan, but I'll pull for them. Like I'll keep an eye on them. The Pistons, uh the one year I like checked in with the Pistons was the year they won the ch- title in 2004, which is mm-hmm. one of the best runs of sports I've ever seen in my life. And so I'm always kind of keeping an eye on them and hoping for them to get better. And then uh who's our other team? <laughs> uh Tigers. I said Tigers or Red Wings. Oh, Tigers. Yeah. And I've never been to a Tigers game. Uh I've got a Tigers jersey that I got now. a couple summers ago, but I, I'm not a big baseball fan, but I'll keep an eye okay. on them sometimes.
1: So then the last question would have to be Michigan or Michigan State?
2: Uh neither. Western Michigan University.
0: Wow. There you go. Okay. Did you go there? Ball, I like that. Did you go to Western Michigan? I, I, is
2: that? I did, go, I did go to Western Michigan. I've got friends who've gone to Western. Uh, and I just try not to pick sides. I have friends who've gone to Michigan State. So I can, maybe yeah. I guess I lean a little more towards the state side. But I have a lot of friends that are Michigan fans. So the state is truly divided the week yeah. that they play in football and basketball. So. Must be fun.
1: Must be fun. It's, yeah, that's it's a lot of fun. fun and
2: I'll... I can talk trash to both sides, too. And you know, I'm you unscathed go. because I have no skin bear. in that game. Yeah,
1: yeah. College sports in this area is is nothing. Nobody cares. It's all professional.
0: Yeah, if it is, it would be more basketball. But even that, the teams aren't as good as they the closest sports, thing so.
1: you get is just the Big East tournament. Right. But then again, like that's because everyone's at the garden. It's not, you know, it's no one's really rooting. You get all the fan bases in there, and then you know it used to be fun when you could gather. <laughs> <laughs> and they were able, we able to have large crowds and all that. So it, it, that was something special. But that's as big as college sports gets in this area. series, the biggest tournament. Mm-hmm. All
0: right. So Adam, <clears throat> the Adam Show movie show, tell her a little, tell people about it a little bit, and then I'll let you. You did a show recently that had your ten animated Batman films. So or DC yeah. animated films. So go ahead and talk a little about all that.
2: Yeah. So I just decided I've always kind of been a fan of movies uh, since like I graduated high school. Just a big movie fan. I'm always at the, the movie theater like every weekend. That's where you'll find me pretty much. And for years, I've always kind of tried to start up a podcast or a YouTube channel. And it's always just kind of collapsed. And finally, I've kind of had the means to put together a decent presentation of a package. And I just decided to start up a YouTube show over the summer. And have been going, gosh, since Jul- Yeah, July just every week I've been trying to put out something different, trying new stuff, new styles. Like I opened up with just doing narrations to movie reviews. So I'd like write out a whole two or three pages of a review and then just narrate it and put it to video clips. And that got a little old. So now I've changed over to putting myself on camera, which is weird still. And just doing straight up. You got to find your niche. Yeah. It's, it's a learning process and I'm having fun trying different things and you know, I'm still starting out so I can, knows it could change in the next couple of weeks for all I know just depends on how I'm feeling or what I want to try
0: yeah Yeah, Eric and I
2: started on Facebook
1: live
0: yeah we started on this this experiment started on Facebook live and then I did a show excuse me I did a show for years a couple years on a sorry guys I'll edit this out I did a show for years um on this radio station here this internet station called strong island television where I did a couple of shows. I started as a third a member of a three guy crew, and then the two just decided to leave, and I wound up taking it over myself. That was a live show. Um, I self produced it. I had a, a guy obviously running the running the other side and handling all the stuff, but it was all my ideas and stuff. And it does it takes a while to get your get, kind of find your footing and get comfortable doing doing this. So I've seen, I've yeah. watched a couple of your shows, man. I think you do an excellent job. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, good. I think, I mean, you have a really good presence, you speak very well, so I think you do an excellent job. So, in that vein, like I said, you did a show recently about your 10 DC animated um, films, so just give us a quick 10 Batman animated each. films. Yes, just give us a quick, just give us the list, <laughs> and I guess Pete and I could riff off of it. And... Uh,
2: I mean, yeah, so, like... I'm you know the one of my favorite things is collecting the DC animated original movies, so that's kind of where this idea Mm. spun out of because there's you know quite a few Batman stories they've translated from the comics to the animated screen. Like we've got you know the Dark Knight Returns, which uh, I might get crucified for, but it's only number four on my list of Batman animated films. Uh, You know the recent long Halloween adaptations are on there. Mm. Uh, I think the the grossly underrated Lego Batman movie is a top three animated Batman film. And, you know, so like, but then there's like some I put on there that I know a lot of people haven't checked out, like the Batman Ninja Turtles animated crossover, which Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying it's the greatest thing in the world, but I have so much fun watching that. And especially growing up as a Batman fan and a Ninja Turtles fan, I was like, this is all I could have ever dreamed of when I was a child. Mm -hmm. And now to see that as an adult is awesome. Did you did you read any
1: of these stories beforehand, or are you are you a movies guy? Like, did you read uh, the Batman Ninja Turtles crossover? Did you read Long Halloween? Or, or the movies? I, so, with Ninja experience?
2: Turtles one, I read that when that came out, like in single issue form, and I was, always yeah, was like, oh man, show. this would be great. This would be great as an animated feature, and luckily, a few years down the road, they did that. But with like Long Halloween, I three volumes kinda, of too. Yeah, and I still got to get the other two volumes. I've only read the first one, and I just rebought that in like a nice hardcover. But yeah, with Long so. Halloween, I didn't actually read that till after the animated film came out. So I watched the two parts, and then okay. got the Absolute Edition of Long Halloween, and then finally... Oh, went. you're
1: speaking my language here, kid. I love it. Absolute oh, it,
2: You're spending some it's so money. Good. It's gorgeous, and I love having it. I got that one, got the Absolute Dark Knight, uh, and I think those are the only Absolute Batmans I might have, but I got several... The well, novels, you, know, just, you know,
1: they're not you know, cheap, $1. so $1.
2: don't be upset. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're like hundred dollar no. bucks. I want more, I want more because, like, sometimes on Amazon you can find them for a little bit of a discount. Like, normally they're like a hundred bucks a pot, but I've gotten them for 60 70 depending check on out you know, which one you're for.
1: You'll get them for like in-stock 50 60 percent off there. Yeah, check that out. Ooh,
2: that's gonna be dangerous. Thanks for telling me that. My wallet's gonna yeah, take a big you're old you're hit welcome. this week.
0: <laughs> so what about so so like
2: is hush on the list is hush on uh, as much as i love that book that animated adaptation didn't make the list uh it, it was just it's one of those ones that was like oh this is a hard cut but you know it might have been down there in the 11 12 ish range if i would have kept going with the list but yeah
0: uh, i know the i know still... the the change the the change that they made rubbed people some people yeah. the
2: wrong way uh hey, I know I, that i'm not so. for yeah, it. you can I... talk
1: about it it's been out for a couple of
2: years now. i know i'm just <laughs> you know uh no that's all right. I mean, i'm I just... all for the the animated adaptations you know changing stuff because like what's like what's the fun of watching a film you already know the outcome of the book so like tweaking a couple of things here and there to kind of keep you on your toes i think is a lot of fun and you know like uh the gotham by gaslight adaptation mm-hmm. you know i think is a decent example of that and i think that that's one of the reasons maybe that made my list as opposed to hush because like i was that just worked for me a little bit more than the hush uh tweaks that they did yeah
1: uh i actually really appreciate the ratio of original adaptation and then page to screen like i think they do a good job of mixing it up because i'm with you like something like year one and dark knight returns like i know what's happening but the fact that it is you know page to screen i was like you know what I, I'm really happy with that, but then something like Hush, which I I was a big fan of the movie and the book, I I appreciated the, the switch because I was like, okay, cool, like it's nice to know that you guys are thinking and being creative. And while well, it didn't right. work for some people, it worked with me. And I get you mentioned uh, Gotham by Gaslight as well. Like those differences, I thought they were really smart, and uh, right. I appreciated that. So I, I love the fact that there really isn't necessarily a formula, and uh, they're they're trying things, and you know, if it works, it works, and i've been pleasantly surprised i think the only ones i didn't really enjoy were uh what's it called uh, public enemies which was uh mm. pre- pretty much uh a translation of a page of screen and yeah. uh what was that big uh that justice that r-rated animated justice league movie i did not dig that one at all i forget um, what recent the recent
2: apocalypse war
1: yeah something like, it was something like apocalypse war dark side war one of those things was I, I wasn't there. into it i didn't like it i didn't I, mm. I really just i was not feeling it but um So again, I just recently watched Injustice for the first time. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. And I thought they did a really good job mixing things up. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I'm I'm pleased with what they're doing.
2: That's that's the great thing about that DC animated line, especially, is like there's stuff for you, and there might be stuff not for you. That I mean, you're getting a nice mixed bag of like just different stuff that they're trying, whether it be animation style, whether it be Mm -hmm. direct adaptations, whether it just be adaptations, but they're gonna go in a you know slightly different route, like under the red hood, which even the writer judd wenick i remember saying like you know they wanted to do my story and uh, i couldn't do an exact you know he likes translation it, yeah. because there's a lot of greater dc world mm-hmm. stuff that was involved in that story so he streamlined it and i think that I is one that of my story. favorite That that yeah. is my favorite animated batman film is under the it's red really Hood. It, it's really good it's really incredible good. it's excellent
1: um the two i have to check out that i haven't is is that uh the just that world war two justice league uh, i just edit. watched
0: that like two weeks yeah? ago okay uh, and the
1: newly released catwoman one i have those are the two that i've been i wanted and the and the, the earth two one I forget what is, what is the name of it eric that world war two one what is it called um
0: the justice now for a while one?
1: yeah it's been out for a while the wonder, it's a wonder,
0: wonder woman type one where got a
1: couple yeah. flashes in there so yeah. I'm, justice really society, into yeah. Yeah. I'm really
2: society world war two yeah yeah i'm
1: really i want to check that one out it's i, I, I don't know why but i would I haven't seen it, but I want to give it like that one really deserves like my full attention. Mm-hmm. Now I want to sit down and really focus on it because I, I think the story is very interesting.
0: It it mm-hmm. is. It's a it's very well done. I, I had, mm-hmm. it was one that I had wanted to watch when it came out, but then I didn't, and then I saw it on HBO Max. So I'm like, oh let me watch it. And it was very good. It's a very, very good, mm-hmm. um, good story. Uh, it's got a... it's funny
1: how this all started with superman doomed or doomsday superman doomed, yeah. it, it, Superman doomsday yeah and i remember yeah. when that came out people were like oh it's it's okay we were like oh, it's good you know it's you know, again it's nice seeing bruce tim back and all that jazz and they kind of did their own thing on the death of superman and then they did the death and return of superman which i thought was one of their more brilliant stories oh yeah and i love how they streamlined that and mm-hmm. uh in animation so i'm yeah. i'm really happy with the animated originals i like what they're
0: doing and Pete and i got oh, to cover yeah. that for we got to cover the uh marine of the superman
1: we did we everyone for, uh for BOS. from rebecca romaine nice, to yeah. uh jerry
0: O'Connell. i think the only person who
1: wasn't there was uh bad joker what's his name cameron monahan yep i think he was <laughs> the only one who wasn't there <laughs>
0: it's true he's the only <laughs> one who wasn't there we got rebecca romaine and jerry o'connell mm. and um who's the guy who played candy man i always forget his name
1: uh, Tony Todd Tony was there. Todd Chris, was there. Uh, Chris Williams was there, I believe, as well. Yes, Chris Williams. Mm-hmm. It was a very Black cool lightning. event,
0: and they were they were great. Steel. Like they're these 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 press things are could could be very stressful, as you could tell, and mm-hmm. they all handle it so well. It's, I know it's part of their job, but it was just it's impressive to see. You know, these people have a lot of other stresses in their mm-hmm. life, and they just kind of put that aside. For a,
1: hopefully, one day we can go back to doing that stuff.
0: Yeah, hopefully we can because <laughs> it's one it was. Day. It was a lot of fun. Was, those are a lot good. of fun to do. It
1: was nice to play reporter for a little bit, you know, yeah. like the red carpet. You got the microphone. I got my jacket on. I'm interviewing somebody, you know, yeah. like I'm, I pretend like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, And living in New York helps because a lot of the stuff yeah. is done here. So it definitely helps. Yeah, the helped. DGA Theater, the Directors Guild is here. Yeah. So uh, it's nice. It's, it's you know, there's perks to living in the most expensive part of the country. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is. That's It's true.
0: So, Adam, I'm just gonna throw a couple genres out at you, and if you can off the top of your head, just tell me your favorite movie in that specific space. Yeah. All right. Okay. So let's, let's do this. All right. Let's so, try.
2: drama. What's your favorite drama? Oh boy. Uh, probably The Shawshank Redemption. That I, I remember seeing that. Like everybody always talked about it. Like, and when you when you like film and you people ask if you've seen a certain film and they and you say, oh, I haven't seen that one, and you get crucified mm-hmm. for not seeing what you know one film or a couple of films that come on everybody can't see everything but when i finally saw shawshank that changed the game i saw what the hype was and this it just hit every note you want in a drama
0: yeah it was, that, it's that is funny i just watched it last week I just watched Shawshank last week. It holds
2: up. It is so darn good.
0: Incredible movie.
1: It's it's one of those movies that when it was released, it really went under the radar. Like not many yeah. people went to see it. I think only a few years ago, it was announced that the movie finally like broke even. Like it's still like people aren't really going out to watch it and see it. But like you know, it's when you do see it, you see how
2: powerful it is. So
1: you're really right. getting deep on us here.
2: Yeah, because <laughs> right, like it didn't it didn't get that love that recognition until what was it? Uh, TBS we got the rights to. Yeah. Know, put yeah, it on yeah. It took a long time. So a long so, time. Like, every, that's how everybody saw it was on cable, on TBS. And, uh, you know, we, you hear you hear about it now, and you would have thought when it came out that it was a big thing. And no, yeah, like you said, it was a dud at the box office. It, yeah. it was not talked about at all. It didn't get any, like, awards buzz, I don't believe. Nothing. So. But now it's, like, revered as, like, a top five all-time film.
1: It is. It's, it's... Like, it's one of those times where the cult classic actually did something good. Right. You know?
0: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so excellent it really is crazy mm. that it took that long for it to catch on but it's so such an mm. excellent film all right comedy what's your favorite Oh boy
2: comedy? <sighs> that that's so tough because like there's just so much there's so many good comedies. like i like to think of like the the interesting more unique comedy like 21 jump street 22 jump street is some of the best modern comedy i've seen just that writing mm. by uh lord miller uh the same guys you know who do lego movie like just that snappy just you know, kind of yeah. off the cuff dialogue and weird zany situations that you're like, how, they did game how night, does right? this work? Uh I don't think they did game night. The guys who did game night were gonna do one of the iterations of the Flash. Uh oh, yeah but I don't think okay. Lord and Miller get, were involved in that. Am
1: I getting confused? Okay. <laughs> All
2: but, right. So yeah. yeah those... Like that's up there a...
0: oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I agree. Like those movies, um, when I first heard that they were doing because I remember the TV show, 21 Jump Street, which was, was a totally serious show. It wasn't a comedy at mm-hmm. all. It was a serious te- TV drama. And then when they when they heard they were doing this, and then, when, and, then, and then when I saw they cast, um what's his name? Um,
2: Tatum or Jonah?
0: And Tatum and Jonah Hill. But it was more Jonah Hill. I was like, oh, what are they going with? Like, where are they going with this? Obviously, then I knew it was probably going to be more comedic. Um, but yeah, it works for me. I, I agree. It's a very They're very good movies. Very well done um ice cube is fantastic and, uh, like, oh, ice, are, oh, ice cube steals it they are so good uh those movies are so mm. good so yeah that's a good one i wasn't i wasn't expecting you to go there but those are good choices definitely good what were you
2: expect me to go with caddyshack
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i would a lot of, of people in certain age ranges i often like i say okay but probably the hangover mm. uh those kinds of that kind of a film I shouldn't do that because that's wrong. Everyone's <laughs> different. I shouldn't presume where someone's going to go, but.
1: Um, this is where Eric reveals his old man status. Yeah.
2: Sometimes my, <laughs> my old man status comes out and. Um, it's all good. Like I was, I was I, like right up there is stepbrothers. So like maybe that, that kind of comedy is also up there. Like, I just think that's, it's just so silly. And just, you know, ridiculous that I enjoyed on that level. Like there's nothing cerebral about it. It's just a weird zany you know, front to back, just balls to the wall comedy that, you know, I, I remember almost falling out of my seat in the theater laughing. I was having so much fun.
0: Yeah. it's That's another, like, it's a, uh, how Riley in that movie, John C. Riley is just like, he can play so many, he's such a versatile actor. He mm-hmm. can play so many different kinds of roles. But to yep. me, every time I see him, he stands out. Like he's such a good actor. Oh yeah. Uh, and that's in well, one he's of He's
2: going to be in that movies. new, uh, that Lakers show on HBO yes, Max. He's playing Jerry oh, I Buss, can't right? wait to check that out. Is yeah. he
1: playing Jerry Buzz, I can't wait to see that. Yeah. I actually don't like Step Brothers. It's <laughs> yeah. one of, I, I'm not a huge Will Ferrell fan. Like outside yeah, of like Elf and the First Man, like Will Ferrell is very hit or miss for me.
0: And old school, okay. I'd put old school. His role in old school, I like.
1: I always consider that more of a Vince Vaughn movie, but yeah, it is. You're right, yeah. it
0: is. But like, I, I just I I like him more as a supporting character in a film. I don't like the movies he kind of runs and heads. So I hear that. All right, so Adam, the last genre I'm gonna throw at you is horror so what what is your favorite horror film
2: boy the horror is not my go to genre it uh is definitely one of the ones I've kind of always avoided. I was never really into it, but the last few years they've come out with some really good stuff, like you know it follows the Baba Duke, but don't breathe is mm. gotta be one of my favorite just most intense just horror films and it's set in michigan it's in detroit which is also kind of an extra bonus for me seeing something set in the state is always a lot of fun to see
1: yeah i really enjoyed that one myself i was uh i, I really like Freddy alvarez and what he was doing um, mm-hmm. i still have to see the sequel i have not seen uh don't breathe too but um uh that one I, was a th- bit th- of a harder be... watch
2: <laughs> yeah yeah just it's well, just t-
1: there were p- scenes in the first one where you're like oh man you guys are really going out there huh? right
2: but, but in the sequel, it's, it was more they turned, you know, the blind man character into a hero. And that's where a lot of my uncomfortableness kind of came into play. Like rooting for this dude. Who'd Interesting. Done some bad stuff. So if you can yeah. get past that, it's it's not I don't think it's a terrible movie, but it's just I definitely had some uh, it, moral issues rooting for this guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hear you.
0: Yeah, that and it was kind, it's kind of a, it was a kind of a surprise hit. Um like, I don't think people expected it to be as received as it was. And it was, I mean, I think I remember, I right. think it even got award love. So yeah, that's a that's actually a very good one. Well, that leads me into our first topic for mm-hmm. the show because um, Netflix, Pete and I had talked about this before. Netflix obviously had a version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that they were doing. And we, Pete and I had discussed on previous episodes about the, the trailers that we saw. And I actually like the trailers, yeah, um, and this is a this was a classic case of the trailers being much better than the actual final product because I did not like this movie at all. Um, <laughs> it's to me, it's not a film. it's just a series of a vignette of kills. That's all it is. It's just a bunch of kills. I cared nothing about any of the characters. I mm-hmm. couldn't give a crap. <laughs> <laughs> You're rude. I'm actually rooting for Leatherface because some of the characters are so annoying. I'm like, can you just kill this person? Like, just get them out of this movie already. I can't stand it. So the only thing I, w- I remember from the trailer was the bus scene with the selfie, with the with the, with the videoing. When they start videoing, game like, oh, mm-hmm. we're going to cancel you and stuff. That was great. And that was even great in the movie.
1: That was the best part of the movie. Yeah, that was and, the best uh, part of the movie. But I the, was rooting for everyone to die in that scene as well.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so Pete, since we discussed this already and we talked, we've been talking about this for a while. Go ahead and give your feelings uh, on. this. Well,
1: movie. it was it was a great little segue there uh, by Adam because he mentioned "Don't Breathe," and you know when this was announced, I was uh, you know uh, while Fetty Alvarez didn't direct it, he did like write the story. He didn't like write the screenplay. So uh, I I was a fan. I feel like Fetty's kind of taking a step back recently. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe you're more of a one hit wonder than you are. You know, uh, consistent. Um, so we'll see. But um, I was kind of, I was really disappointed. This kind of felt, you know, I'm with Eric. Like I just didn't care about anybody in this movie. And it felt like a, a really bad version of Halloween 2018. You know, going for that direct sequel route, uh, trying to do something a little bit different. I, I just thought the story was unbelievable, as well as, as believable as a, a Leatherface movie can be. You know, these bunch of. It, hipster influencers bought a, a, a rundown town. It, it looked like it was shot on a back lot you know it didn't look like a town it, it looked like just one street and a couple of uh props and it, you know it was really weird how leatherface breaks through the wall and finds a perfectly good chainsaw <laughs> like in this old rickety house um so uh yeah it just it seemed like i liked your comparison there calling the vignette of kills it seems it seems like a dated '80s slasher movie of uh, like the late eighties where it just it's kill after kill after kill. Um, and yeah, I, I was just really bummed out. Uh, I, you know, and it's actually getting a decent amount of love by horror fans on Twitter. I see, you know, a lot of people are saying it's horrible, but, um, there's a actually, I'm surprised at how many people are saying it's pretty good. Um, I know Andy DiGenova really enjoyed it and, uh, I, you know, I was actually kind of surprised by that, but uh, I, I, yeah, it just I, I was kind of let down because I, I again I like Fetty Alvarez and I, I was a little bummed. I was kind of hoping you know it's kind of the first bad horror movie since the horror resurgence in my opinion, and I, I it's just it's in my opinion just god awful.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's well, that was my take as well. So uh, Adam, what about you? Um, I didn't see any of the trailers. I've seen the original uh film. I have that on Blu-ray, and that one gives me the heebie-jeebies watching that one. So, going oh, into EPG, yes, yeah, I'm I'm an 80 year old man stuck in a 32 year old man's body, so I might come up with some <laughs> language you guys right. might not be used to hearing. Uh, but no, it was boy, this movie was uh, this is bad. This is so bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. From the opening, I just I two minutes in, I was like, can I stop this already. Like I'm already getting like nothing, like nothing. I can already sense where this was all going to go. And my brother walked down on it. <laughs> we were watching together. He walked yeah. down on it.
1: Yeah, it was, Yeah, the,
0: the, Yeah, no, I mean, I could hear it in everyone's voice. We all kind of feel the same about, <laughs> about this movie. And uh, I was a little disappointed because I was, it, I actually was, the trailers kind of had me invested in it. I'm like, oh crap, this looks like it's going to be very good. But again, I remember the first trailer, Pete and I talked about it. We're like, oh, they're just showing like series of scares and kills. And that's really was the movie though. Like that's, yeah, that's right. the sad part. Like it really, that really was the film um even like the early scenes where they're driving to to harlow and you see the obviously we're spoiling this guy so i'm sorry <laughs> but um they're driving you're driving to harlow and then like they pull over the guy who happens to be driving the car who happens to be black so they're kind of they're trying to put that whole racial element into it you could tell at the beginning of the film um he's dating a white girl like the, his white his girlfriend is white um like and you're like, alright, they're going there with this, and then completely left turn. That's never revisited again. Right. None of that even
1: has anything to do well, Yeah, they had the Confederate flag scene and then it was kinda of gone.
0: Yeah, like there's nothing else there. Um they get very it gets very quickly into uh the main plot of this of this of the film. Um they jump into it very fast mm-hmm. and like there's no buildup. If you didn't, if you didn't see the first one or the original one, this is kind of, it's a hard watch from that point of view, because you have no kind of investment in anything. Um, th- th- It's just very poorly written. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and
1: they try to use the final girl from the first one, like, or at least the character. And it just, it just didn't work. It actually reminded me of like that post credit scene, like Jeepers Creepers. You know, or three or whatever, where she's, you know, it's supposed to be a dairy sister or whatever it is. Like, I remember they did, I can't remember which movie they did it in, but it's just, yeah, it's just, oh, I was so disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I it, was like, this is as, a Netflix movie. <laughs>
0: yeah. And as we know, with the, with obviously with the way current things are in movies all over, nostalgia is a big deal, right? So mm-hmm. it seemed like they were trying to tap in on that mm-hmm. by bringing her back. Uh, and she's not in the movie all that long. Um, you know her her scenes are incredible i will say that of all the people in the film i enjoyed her scenes the most uh, uh, i guess <laughs> <You>
1: know, <laughs> there's not much there's not much i enjoyed in this movie outside of watching the chainsaw stuff i thought that the kills were the highlight and right. you know, that's not saying much
0: yeah when the one guy gets the guy upstairs when he goes upstairs to to kill leatherface and how that he was gets, pretty brutal that, that, was that was the best part that was my favorite part the hacking and you see like the indents in his head and stuff that part was cool yeah like the dead the dead uh, yeah for, for know, me he's...
1: probably the scariest part of the movie was probably in the middle of the the bus scene when the two sisters are locked in the bathroom in the bus and the blood is coming through mm-hmm. the bottom of the door that was very creepy i thought the bus scene was good but um yeah that's There's, I don't think there's very many redeeming quality. The one thing I thought was pretty ridiculous was they try to get away in like the self-driving car. Oh, that was, (laughs) I was like, I was like, put your foot on the gas and get the hell out of town. What are you doing? This car's going like five miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: I mean, of course that last kill is kind of crazy and awesome. That, that, that part was cool. I'll say that. But, yeah, there was an article in THR for the star, the girl who starred in the, the movie. Um, Her name is Sarah Yarkin, who's also a singer, which I didn't even know. But um, You guys have
1: that in common. Yeah, <laughs> we do, actually.
0: She's she's a lot more... Well, I didn't know who she was, so maybe she's got she, a lot more... Has she, lot she ever more sang donating. in a
1: live stream before? I don't know. She might, maybe. So, therefore, you got that on her. That's true.
0: I and I had never seen her in anything before. I know she's been in other things and there's a whole interview with her. Obviously she was in, um, Oh, happy death day to you. She was in that. Um, so she goes, there's an article that goes with, she talks about the casting process and all about the production of the film. Pete is right. This was shot in Bulgaria. Um, They shot it on a pretty much on a back lot. Like mm-hmm. he said. <laughs> like it, they recreated the the town and she talks about that and, um they shot obviously during the pandemic there's there's information on that in there um but there was nothing for me in the article I didn't there's nothing that picked out that I picked out from the conversation that in this interview that she had that was really surprising to me or or not- noteworthy except for the fact that she does have a music career <laughs> that was the uh, only I thought thing. it was
1: interesting how she she like had a hard time watching herself get killed and whatnot like she's been in two horror movies and it, it, she's just she seemed like she was very squeamish and she doesn't like horror movies but she's kind of i guess on the verge of becoming a scream queen like i, I guess when you do th- uh, you know i guess when you get your third horror movie you, you enter that uh that role of scream queen right but, um yeah you know i mean i mean i'm happy she got top billing and uh this is her first big movie and uh hopefully good things come out of it you know the best thing that ever happened to George Clooney was Batman and Robin, so good things can come (laughs) out of horrible films.
0: The one thing I I did think was weird, they asked her like what her favorite scary person was, and she said Captain Hook.
1: Yeah, apparently she was (laughs) terrified of Captain
2: Hook as a kid. I mean, Adam, were you scared too? I ain't going to lie. not dustin hoffman oh yeah captain. the dustin hoffman no. one scared the crap out because like i remember that opening scene you know <laughs> you see the the claw mark in that house you know when he came and abducted peter's kids at the beginning uh-huh. and scared the crap out of me and i just nope done i'm out <laughs> i guess when you
1: look at it like that it makes sense yeah i guess i guess captain Oak could be pretty scary kind of reminds me of the penguin in batman returns mm. just kidnapping children yeah I wonder how Rick Shue feels about that. Oh,
0: we, we know how Rick Shue feels about that. And he won't hesitate to tell us either. He, he would not hesitate. He, One he thing Rick time.
1: doesn't do is hesitate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yes. We will see Rick in a few days. So that, that, that will be fun. Looking forward to all of that. So let's stick in the horror area for a while. There was a trailer release for Jordan Peele's next film called Nope um now really quickly adam have you seen get out have you seen us oh yeah
2: i own both of those i'm a way bigger fan of get out than us i think us was conceptually really interesting but in the end i was like this doesn't make a whole lot of sense but i mean there's stuff <laughs> in it that's really good like i think uh Lupita Nyong'o nyango gives a heck of a performance and you know yes. uh, winston duke is hilarious in it uh yeah so i you know i'm giving jordan peele you know complete faith you know he's kind of 50 50 with me so i'm like i'm gonna go into this and i think he'll knock this one out of the park well what'd you think of the trailer the trailer i it got me like it kind of gave me that close encounters of the third kind vibe there like when all the mm-hmm. all the stuff starts shutting down and then a lot of great imagery of the the kite going into the clouds and yeah. uh one of my favorite actors is actually steven Yun, and seeing him in this too got me a little excited uh, i'm mm-hmm. with you on that and you know he actually i, I didn't know this but i have a Uh, a cousin's cousin who was like roommates with him when they were going to school. So I've always kind of been like, Oh, Steven young. Like I'll back whatever I see him in now. Like he's got very loose family ties. Apparently.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, obviously he's in the walking dead. People know that. Um, What the movie he was in, he got, there was awards for, I forget the name, the one that was in all Korean.
1: Oh, uh, Minari. Yeah. Minari. Isn't he Uh, the voice of invincible? Yes. Yes, He's the voice of invincible. Yes.
0: So yeah. So I mean, he, obviously, he's been his his star is kind of growing for us, right. which is cool. Um, I mean, for me, the trailer was just more of what I've gotten to love from Peele's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm in, uh, and I love um Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, cool. However you say his last name, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, but I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beginning of it, the the beginning of it where they're they talk about the first film was a black man riding on a horse uh, in the trailer. Like that's just, that's total him. He just like grabs you right away. Mm-hmm. Like, You're all right. Now I'm in. It didn't take anything right. more than that for me to say, okay, I'll jump in with this. So Pete, what did you think of the trailer?
1: Uh, I was really fascinated by it. I'm like, what is this about? What's going on? What is the threat? You know, like, is this some sort of monster? Is this some sort of alien thing? Like, you know, I have more questions than anything else. And you know, that's really what intrigues me. And, you know, I think I, I'm I'm so sh- like if you told me like 10 years ago or whenever, uh, you know, Key and Peel was on that Jordan Peel would be this big time horror director, I would be like, are you serious? The, the comedy guy, you know, like I I wouldn't have seen it. Then yeah, I would have said the same thing about Kenny McBride and, you know, <laughs> Halloween. So, like, I love yeah. that these guys are able to uh, branch out into, you know. Uh, i guess like unfamiliar territory from what i from what i'm familiar with him with so yeah i'm just really interested i can't wait to see what it is like i feel like his movies are getting to the point where it's like i just need the announcement i don't need a trailer you know i just i just need to see it like okay cool he's got a new movie out while well, i'm there i will checking it out yeah.
0: yeah i agree like he's definitely reached that status for me um and i agree with you when came Peel was on i never would have thought like he would be this big guy. I love that show. There's, I was watching the the um, college all-star football team clips the mm-hmm. other day because I love the names that they did on that show. And yeah,
1: it's just so incredible. Yeah. He has so much creativity that it's, I guess, yeah. it's just hard to contain and it knows no bound. You know, he's going from comedies to horror and he's, you know, like I would love for, I'd love for him to, to like take the reins and do something with Friday the 13th. I really would. I feel like that's the the one horror you know the the one horror movie that ha- needs to be revived at some point, and, or even you know if he wants to do a Freddy thing like I you know we've seen Michael Myers and Leatherface come back in various forms, and I've just you know Jason and Freddy I think neither do, and I you know fingers crossed I don't know if it's something he's interested in, you know, uh, but uh, I would hope that uh, you know somebody along the lines comes and takes those guys over and does something, but I'm really pumped for Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so guys obviously the trailer's out um go and check it out if you need a link to it you can always find it on our our on all of our media because pete puts everything up there so you guys go check that out there all right so flash let's fast forward a little bit to now we're you know we had the suicide squad we had peacemaker one character who was in david air suicide squad was not in the suicide squad even though he did not die and, um, did he? Do
1: we even know that?
0: Well, that's true. We <laughs> don't know that. That's a good we don't point. Don't even know. But he's the son of a famous, a really famous actor, a guy who's been acting forever, uh, Clint Eastwood. Scott Eastwood, as you know, was in the, was in Suicide Squad, and they said that when he um, he didn't he wasn't in this film because when they didn't really they pitched the first th- the, sorry when they pitched the first film they were pitching it as a three film thing. And he's like, I didn't want to know if I can make the commitment at that time. And his father told him if you, you know, if you don't feel it, if it's not something you're really into, then don't do it. And he just, that's kind of why he wasn't in the second one. Now I don't have any knowledge that if he was even asked to be in the second one. Oh, uh, but obviously they were doing, they were, when they were originally setting up the contracts, they were setting him up for, for, for multiple films. So. It didn't bother me that he wasn't in the film. His art role wasn't that big in Suicide right. Squad.
1: Well, we don't know what his real role was, right? I mean, that film right. was chopped up, so.
0: Yeah. So, what did you guys think of that? Of of Clint Eastwood, uh, kind of keeping his son out.
1: I uh, mean, I, th- I think it's great advice. You know, let's be honest. You know, if you're going to listen to anyone in Hollywood you know, you're going to listen to someone of Clint Eastwood status. um, And, you know, the fact that he can go to his father and his father is someone of that stature is great. Um, But like, you know, guys have contracts all the time and these contracts still don't get fulfilled. Like again, mentioning George Clooney's Batman for the second time we show, like he signed like a three picture deal for to <laughs> be Batman and he only made one. So, you know, it, it is what it is. That's the business. Um, You know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, if, if we ever get that air cut of suicide squad, maybe he has a more prominent role. Maybe we find out what his fate is, but, we don't even know if he makes it out alive.
2: Right. took the out
0: Did you like suicide squad?
2: The, the first one? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I did actually like it. Like I don't love it. It's not like the greatest comic book film of all time, but I, I definitely saw it in theaters right. four times. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, and I, I'm curious to see what an air cut would look like. And if maybe Eastman's got yeah. a bigger role in it, but his lack of presence in the second one didn't, you know, didn't hinder anything for me.
1: Yeah.
2: no, there's yeah, too
0: many good
1: characters in that
0: second yeah. movie. To I think about. Clint gave him good advice. Oh yeah.
2: You so. listen to that man. I
1: like, don't
0: think, <laughs> I don't think he's much, he's that good of an actor to begin with. So it, it he doesn't enhance a picture by him. I don't even it.
1: really know anything outside of suicide squad that he's in, to be honest. Like, what is he in? I don't remember seeing him in much
0: fast and furious.
2: Oh yeah. Isn't he Mr. Nobody's like right hand man in that, in those movies. Yes. Yeah, I did not see that one. So. Yeah, but yeah, like the only thing, the only
0: thing I ever say is like, "Oh, that's Clint Eastwood son again." Like right. that's how I—I I don't even his name doesn't even like roll off the top of my right. head. I just know that it's him. Uh, so all right, but if if you guys are fan of his, Scott Eastwood, that's the reason why he wasn't in one of the reasons why he wasn't in the Suicide Squad. Uh, so we do know obviously that the Suicide Squad, of course, birth Peacemaker. Pete and I talked about it. Um, have talked about the finale you talked about it at the last last week's show so adam let's i'll give you a quick a chance to talk about peacemaker what you thought about the show and then we'll get into a little bit more of the the topics it's
2: it's definitely one of the best tv shows dc has ever put out uh i think the only thing that maybe it's better than the peacemaker show was the Watchmen hbo series they did a couple years back mm-hmm. and that's yeah. a really high bar and the fact that you know i I keep doubting James Gunn or like having a little bit of reservation with him. And he just keeps coming up and knocking it out of the park. Like I, I never want to doubt this dude again. Cause the dude's batting a thousand. I say it all the time. Now he, he knocked it out of the park with the guardians movies with the suicide squad. And now with peacemaker, like I just trust this dude completely with whatever he wants to do.
0: Well, it seems like we're going to be getting a lot more of James Gunn on the TV side because, um, according to a, a an interview he did with variety he after guardians 3 he is not really going to be doing films he's kind of going kind to of be sticking in the tv area and the um the show that the shows that people are asking him about we've heard there's going to be more spin-offs from on um, the suicide squad so i've asked this to other guests in the past is there any character from the suicide squad that you would like to see adam that you would like to see a show done for, about
2: uh I know it probably won't happen, but I mean, you know, James Gunn's got a beautifully weird mind and he's going to pick a character that we least expect probably and turn them into a big super mega hit, just like Peacemaker. Uh, but I would love to see like a King Shark rat catcher team up. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, they could also go like maybe a little more serious with a polka dot man, uh, prequel series uh, or something of the ilk. Uh, but I'm I'm actually just game for whatever this dude wants to do at this point. Like, he can tell me he's going to pick another D-list hero that, you know, got three seconds of screen time. Like, who was it? The Kaleidoscope was in the prison. Like, he can make a Kaleidoscope series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And probably knock it out of the park. So, I'm game for whatever he does. All
0: right. And... Peter, are you sad we're we're not going to be getting gun movies for a while? That it's just going to be TV, or are you just happy he's staying around? Uh,
1: I I for one can't believe that a Suicide Squad two by James Gunn is not going to get made. Okay, you know I I, I think it's going to happen at some point, right? I just I feel like he kind of, while again it didn't make money because of the the pandemic and everything, I think it was so well received. But if they're going to give him, you know, here here's here's three HBO spinoff shows. I mean, how am I supposed to complain with that? You know, it's it's very tough. And Like Adam said, the guy's a genius. Well, I don't agree with you on Guardians 2. I do not like that film. Uh, it's probably the only James Gunn movie I don't enjoy. Um, if I wanted a serious James Gunn show, I would want some sort of uh, Bloodsport, maybe a Bloodsport Deadshot show yeah. while mm-hmm. co- kind of combining the two because you could just bring in the star power of Will Smith and Idris. I think that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm with you. Um, I would love if they could do some sort of comedy King Shark thing. I don't necessarily need a team up or a rat catcher, but if they can do anything, whether it's just like, I don't know, an 80 minute, just King shark movie or something of of that ilk. I I would love it. I don't know how expensive it is, but I love King shark. In fact, he's, he's always by my side. I have him here at all times. I I love my King shark action figure. (laughs) Um, I, I absolutely fell in love with sly hand bird, you know, (laughs) everything, you know, friend. It was just, it, it was great. So he was, the character that I fell in love with, um and uh, I'm just excited to see what James Gunn uh, has in store. Because, like Adam said, like whatever the guy wants to do, you let you, you let him go until he fails, and then maybe you rein him in a little bit. But um I mean, if he could do what he did with Peacemaker, because at the end of Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, I hated Peacemaker. Not because I thought Cena did a bad job or he was written badly. I just I really thought he was just a jackass. You know, he's yeah. he's the most disliked character in that movie uh-huh. because i think he's the villain even more than waller and you know it, it to, to go from hating that character for killing flag to really opening and embracing him and you know again like here here we go my action figures are everywhere <laughs> like i got a peacemaker figure within arm's reach like i and now that he's on display I, I think that speaks volumes you know like i at one point doubted myself and i was like do i want to buy this action figure do i need this peacemaker action figure and at the time i bought it to co- to finish the collect and connect uh, King Shark, and now he, the two of them are out on display. So you don't know wh- what you're going to get when James Gunn comes aboard, and I'm I'm just happy he's doing it. And again, flex your creativity, do what you want, follow your heart and your passions, and that's what he's doing. And it's it's just beautiful to watch on screen.
0: Yeah, I agree. One of the breakout characters for me from Peacemaker was Vigilante. Um, he's a very, much different take on the character than what he how he's been written in comics. Um, much more uh, comedic in this version. And uh, Freddie Stroma plays plays um, mm-hmm. peace. I'm sorry, plays Vigilante on the show. He's also a veteran of the show Bridgerton, where he plays Prince Charming. So it's a very different kind of, <laughs> very different kind of role going from a uh, Prince Charming to vi- the Vigilante that we get on this show. Um, one thing that's been brought up uh, talked about a lot in um, in the relationships from on um, Peacemaker was the relationship between him and Vigilante and Peacemaker, of course. Now no, people admit, the internet
1: being the internet.
0: Yes, and people have t- brought up this whole idea of a bromance. Um, and is there some kind of romantic angle? Adam, do you think any of that exists?
2: <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think, you know, it's just a bro being a bro. And uh, I think the way Freddy plays things is uh, fantastic. And the and I didn't know this, that he was brought in late in the game. I didn't know that he was a recast five and a half episodes in. Like That's what struck me when uh, I was learning about all this stuff. Very Michael J. Fox Back to the Future, right? Right. You don't know what you got until you actually do it. And he just knocked it out of the park. Like, how do you come into a situation or or a group that's been filming for five and a half weeks, been being prepped for longer than that, and you just come in and you just absolutely slay, like, in Mm -hmm. that short amount of time and become a fan favorite? You know, like, the dude dude just, I don't know, he's somebody else I'm going to be keeping an eye on after this. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind, imagine like a Vigilante show where he's just
1: running around town acting like a fool. You know, like, I know some people said that his act got tired for me. It didn't. I thought he was, for a show that had a lot of comic relief, I thought his was probably the best part. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Vigilante and Judo Master really stole the show for me. I thought whenever they were on screen, it was funny. Like, well, just watching the guy he flaming hot Cheetos and flicking them <laughs> at people was hysterical, you know? And then he kicks those two guys outside the convenience store's ass. Like, I was like, I was like, this is great. This guy's got like barely any screen time. And I'm like, I'm like McFarlane, make me an action figure. I need more. Um, so it was great. And I'm with you. Just, wow. Just really captivating. Like, I, again, like I'm used to vigilante kind of being a typical hard headed vigilante, but this new take worked for me in the context of this show. hmm
0: yeah, he he. Again, like I said, he's one of the breakout stars of this show for me. The other one who being, wasn't, um, yeah. <laughs> but the other one being Adebayo, um, Daniel Brooks playing out She was incredible. She was great too.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: Those are the two that stood out the most for me. But the whole angle, the whole bromance angle with these two, and I think it was more of like a he says. Um, um, big brother Freddy little Sh- brother yeah Freddie stroma says that mm-hmm. that it's more of the and I, because, that's how like,
1: hardcore and peacemaker got a thing going on like there's no right right as the show went on there's no doubt and like you know they got they're feeling each other which is weird because it's like you're directing your girlfriend to hook up with john cena that's just <laughs> <laughs> hollywood's a strange place
0: <laughs> and and gun does talk about that relationship as well in in his um in his interview where he says that he doesn't think that Harcourt wants to be with him because he's just too all over the place and
1: opposites attract, mm-hmm. right?
0: But we'll see where that relationship goes. But it's very it, the Eric. Whole... You know
1: this. You're a living cupid. You know about this. Like <laughs> women love you. You know, even they play love to play hard to get. That's true.
0: That's very true. And and at the end, we do see he visits her in the hospital. There's a hand holding scene between them mm-hmm. too. So yeah, it definitely is. He's the seeds have been planted that something could happen between those two in season two, which of course we know we got. We're getting which was awesome mm-hmm. um adam just a few seconds on the justice
2: league appearance at the end what did you think of that oh my god i'm so upset it got spoiled for me because like i was at work and i was just kind of scrolling through okay. youtube on a break and i saw the the thumbnail and i shouldn't have clicked clicked on it and i did so having <laughs> that spoiled for me kind of sucked but when i sat down later in the day and watched the full episode it was i loved it i loved that whole cameo i love mm-hmm. the fact they got momoa and Aqu- momoa and ezra to come in and do that whole bit and whatever people you know the snyder fanboys who think that they pissed on the characters for doing it like that like whatever guys it was it's james gunn having fun it's these guys having fun with these characters like just chill for a little bit i thought they were boycotting
1: everything i thought they were boycotting everything so they didn't watch it
2: oh who knows
1: i just if they were boycotting it they shouldn't have seen it that's all that's all i'm saying (laughs)
2: But, well, that sucks. I'm sorry that happened no, to No, I mean, that's it's just one of those it. things. Like, I should have stayed off the internet. It's like, even like with any movie or TV show you want to check out without getting spoiled, you, you know better than to be on the internet because <laughs> you'll probably stumble on something. So I knew better. So that's on me. But it didn't ruin the, what, like, seeing it in that moment, it, it just was incredible. And to have those versions of the characters come back was the last thing I expected in this mm-hmm. show. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting how,
1: like, they actually didn't film the scene together momoa and miller right. like you miller know. was on the set of guardians 3 filming it so marvel actually did warner brothers a favor which is which is just great because it's like that'll drive uh, angry fanboys more insane because that's the best thing in the world was just idiots on twitter and then dc scratched uh,
2: their back <laughs> by having the screen test for the guy who played myrn he uh, did his screen test with dc for his role in guardians 3 so there's a little bit of inner studio love going on
1: yeah, it kind of seems like everyone wants a little bit of James Gunn so they got to exactly. make him happy. You know, the the guy's on fire and you know, let's split the difference here. You want him for your movies, we want him for ours and everyone's going to pay to see it so I guess we all win. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. That's all that matters is that no, we was... win. Exactly. Everybody's that... winning.
1: They're making millions of dollars. We we're, we're getting great content. Yep. Like the, the, I don't again, the only people who are winning are those who aren't seeing this stuff. Mm-hmm. That's true. 100%. So, another a cool little
0: thing that came out of one of the scenes in the finale, uh, Green Arrow was mentioned. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's kind of a joke between Vigilante and, and Peacemaker about Green Arrow. And as you know, if you're a fan of the CW and the CW shows, Stephen Amell played played the Green Arrow for eight years on um, on the CW, on the show Arrow, which to me is the second best of all the CW shows. Right behind Batwoman. Right behind Superman <laughs> and Lois. Batwoman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there was a nice little exchange there and um andy baybank i think that's how you say it, or Bayback is how you say his name sure um he called out steven amell on twitter saying did he see the finale and did he see that and then amell said no i haven't seen it he's too busy showing Cena what professional wrestling should look like on tv which of course is in reference to the movie that he did um, <laughs> um called Heels. sorry stars it's a, it's a series called heels uh, on tv so that was a nice cool little thing to see O'Mel's oh, always great with this stuff mm-hmm. though every time oh he's very very cool when it comes to people talking about arrow it's just a fun little bar i don't yeah. think anything there was anything serious tongue, about tongue it.
2: firmly planted in cheek kind of comment exactly yeah so. you know
1: uh it looks like Stephen amell knows that the dceu has mentioned various characters the multiverse is coming so yeah. maybe we see a return of the green arrow i don't know who knows uh we'll find out more after the flash but there were a lot of characters that were mentioned in peacemaker batmite is one of them and <laughs> to know that these characters are in the greater dceu is just it's fun you know you, you can have your own little head canon and think about who he looks like and what uh, what characters which um, but hey look both companies are embracing this multiverse so maybe that's just a little seed that's planted I mean Willem Dafoe has been trying to get <laughs> in Joker 2 for a couple months now <laughs> so anything's possible everyone is trying to get into a comic book movie and uh, maybe Mr. Mel can make the jump from small to big screen
0: and he said he has said in the past that even though an Arrow was finished he's like he'd definitely be welcome to coming back playing the role again in some form so maybe he knew <laughs> all about this uh, because again, he was part of the crisis on infinite earths, um, mm-hmm. crossover that uh-huh. they did. And that famously has Ezra Miller in it. So yeah, that seed had been planted in very so CW and the DCU
1: yeah. have, uh, have met. So,
0: yes. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I, I thought that that was very cool. That was mm-hmm. Little it's thing.
1: fun i like it when these guys have fun you know it, it's sometimes it seems like the rock is the only one who gets involved in this stuff like he used to taunt henry cavill a little bit mm-hmm. and back when bvs was made affleck and cavill would go back and forth on social media so it, it's just good fun wholesome fun like there's nothing wrong with guys i'm sure some of these guys know each other And like we said last show like friends rib i rib eric all the time so mm-hmm. yep. yeah yeah that's, that's just the way it goes it's just you know just guys being guys it's a hundred percent
0: so speaking of characters coming back, there was one character who famously came back that he wasn't sure he was going to be coming back, and I'm talking about Sebastian Stan as the role of the Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes, in um the Marvel universe. He was he originally everyone knows he originally originally um, auditioned for the role of Captain America. He wanted that role, obviously Chris Evans got it, and then they kind of segued him to playing this part. And he said in a Vanity Fair article, like I certainly did not know that I would be playing the role for ten years. I remember going in for the Steve Rogers role and not getting it, and then being told about this role and where it could go, but they didn't seem committed to it at the time. Um, so knowing what we know now, guys, of how he's been in—I think he said he's been in seven films, seven seven films—and then of course Falcon Falcon in the Winter, which Spider, I loved, right, which was excellent. So, Adam, do you think? What would you think if you went in for a job, didn't get it, they put you in another position, but they didn't really commit to you after that? You had no idea where it was going, man.
2: How would you feel? I feel like him. I'd be like, hey, at least I got paid for one gig and uh, I just go about the rest of my life and to see like how they changed it. Like he was originally supposed to have that green sleeve, right? The CGI sleeve in the first film yeah, mm-hmm. and, yeah, yeah. and have that next next, you know, I mean, in, when you're watching the movie, you don't really think about it, like, unless you're like in the know with comic books, you know what happens to Bucky down the line. Like that's always a possibility. Mm-hmm. And now, especially with Kevin Feige running the ship there, you know, he's probably planning all this stuff years in advance. But I think at that time, you know, Marvel was just kind of getting going. So I, I get the hesitation. I get the kind of, we don't really know where the ship's heading. I mean, they got all these plans. They got all these threads. They could follow. It's just a matter of what works in the final, you know, the final edit. And I think, you know, it was one of those uh, blessings in disguise, you know, especially for him. To just kind of. Yeah, I'm with
1: you. Like when Bucky falls off that train in uh, First Avenger, I'm like, oh man, that's like, granted, like I know Bucky's supposed to go MIA, but like I fell for the guy, you know? Like, and I, that's like one of the changes I really enjoyed was that making Bucky older. And, you know, it's like, well, again, like, you know, you have the debate can you have the eight year old Robin? Well, how do you do the eight year old Bucky in the military? That's even more far fetched. So to bring him, to see that they had a plan, then they scrapped it and then they brought him back is just really good because you don't know what you're going to have in store view like we mentioned scott eastwood earlier like he thought he was going to get a three-picture deal mm-hmm. and he doesn't come back for any of them right. kind of it's the totally opposite, opposite of this situation <laughs> yeah and it's just cool and like i've loved everything he's in i thought falcon winter soldier was great i thought captain america civil war was great uh i, I loved his arcs and in, in the other uh, avengers movies and everything and just i i really i, I just i'm happy he's been around because I, I think he's been a real treasure and i'm just happy it all worked out to be honest with you it's just it's it's good stuff i love Captain America stuff is probably some of my favorite MCU stuff, and I'm just glad Bucky's been a part of it. And you know, just you never know what's going to happen in Hollywood, and I'm glad he got a big break. And to be brutally honest, I'm kind of surprised he never got cast as young Luke Skywalker. Everyone's been posting those pictures. Well, he's been too busy playing Tommy
2: Lee and been killing that role. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen that yet, but people are
1: talking about it like it's amazing. So I mean I started I've seen the original tapes, I don't know what (laughs) he's saying very (laughs) more.
0: I I I uh I started watching it the other night of uh, Tommy. so it looked he looked. I've only seen the first twenty minutes because I hate to say it, but I fell asleep. Not because of the show, just because I was tired. Because you're an old man. Oh uh, yeah, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got to uh um, I got to see him at least be Tommy Lee for a little. I mean, it starts the way the sh- series starts is incredible, anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you get to see him right away, and he's very, very good. Oh, just wait till you get the to the most story.
2: outlandish scene of the whole series. Like, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but he gets to talk to yeah, spoil. he gets to talk to a specific uh, person really close to him, and it's not what you expect. Right. It, it, it well, gets really weird. <laughs> All right, I'm looking forward to that.
0: I look forward to that. But the other crazy thing about this like Pete was saying he kind of he falls and you don't know in Captain America with um First Avenger he falls and then he's kind of the co-headline of the sequel Winter Soldier it's Captain America and the Winter Soldier right like mm-hmm. he's the second lead technically for me in that movie I know it's everyone thinks Scarlett Johansson yeah cuz she has obviously has a larger role mm-hmm. but for me that's a to me that's kind of like a twin billing you're you've both of them and their their arc and it's just it's a crazy story and it just goes to show you like in Hollywood you never know. Uh like we talked about the Deathstroke thing with Manganello. Like you just never know what's gonna happen. Um yeah. when you when you time on to do these projects. Yeah. So it's crazy. All right so sticking in sticking in the Marvel universe, uh Pete likes to call anything to do with Captain Marvel Eric stuff.
1: <laughs> anything with Captain Marvel and Star Wars Eric stuff. <laughs> so uh there was a little bit,
0: Brie Larson actually spoke a little bit about um, the Marvels, which is the sequel to, obviously, Captain Marvel, and it's going to star Ms. Marvel in it as well, and she talks a little about director Nia DaCosta, so this there's a, a direct quote from her. She goes, I feel like, I feel it's like I wish I could talk about it. I can talk about my feelings around it. I can say that. I can't say enough about how incredible our director, Nia DaCosta, is and what an honor it is to it was to work with her, what an immense talent she is, how much I just feel like she's the future and I could also say that when I f- read the script for the first time I couldn't believe what I was reading. I was like this is bonkers and it's the thing that I love about Marvel is they continue to reinvent. They continue to do the thing that you just would never think would be possible in these films and they're not afraid to go there. So I'm super excited about what we did. I think there are some huge personal achievements of mine that I'm really excited about sharing but you know it's kind of fun to have a big secret. And it's fun to know that when this film comes out people are going to be delighted and I got to I get to keep that to myself for a little bit longer. So as we know, with um, obviously with No Way Home, secrets are be, seem to become a, a bigger and bigger in the MCU. <laughs> they just seem to be coming bigger and bigger, uh, especially also with Doctor Strange. We don't know what's going to go on with there. There's rumors about people appearing, and there's not nice of things. Um, so Pete, since you did not like Captain Marvel, um, the fact that they're doing the sequel with Ms. Marvel and they're bringing other elements in, does that change your expectation?
1: i hope to god it's not as boring as the first movie <laughs> and i don't i'm not one of those people who likes to hate on brie larson i thought she was great in uh kong skull island uh, and everything else i've seen her and i i just i was not a fan of the first captain marvel but i'm pumped to see camilla Khan in it uh, i mean repping jersey and Jer- you know in jersey city i'm happy to get another superhero in that in my home state so i'm pumped that uh jersey going to be repping in this movie and that's why i'm going to check it out but i mean I hope it's bonkers because the first one was a dud in my opinion. I don't know how that movie is 90% on tomatoes makes a billion dollars. Cause I mean, you know, I'm sleeping through and then people are trashing Eternals and I love that film. So I, you know, it just everyone's different. I just, I, I just don't get it. Well, you know, th- and then obviously there's the whole cat and the, the eye thing. And just like, oh, so yeah. i they like both
0: films uh turtles and captain marvel i don't love these guys think i love captain marvel i don't love it you, you, i like it it's
1: eric you love captain marvel more than dark knight like it's, you, a, you, yes, you told
0: whatever.
2: me so much you cool. get a hashtag for it
0: <laughs> right yeah yeah i don't um, lie <laughs> so adam where's what where do you stand on captain marvel and uh what brie larson is kind of telling us that the second one is going to be there's going to have surprises it's going to uh, which marvel films always do it's kind of it's going to be a nice bonkers. She calls right. it's going to be a bonkers film. It's like the same. What do you think? What it's do you... like
2: the same old Marvel like uh, publicity shtick. It's you know it's everything's going to be crazy. There's going to be so much you know everything in the kitchen sink's going to be thrown into this movie, and they talk you know kind of long windedly long enough to where you go did they really even tell us anything? Like it's just they kind of like yeah. work around the question. So it's, that's just <laughs> typical Marvel PR, which is fine. And you know if you like the first movie, then you're going to be excited for the second movie. If you didn't like the other one. I don't blame you for being hesitant going into this one, but you know, I have faith in Kevin Feige just as a producer and the guy leading this whole Marvel ship that the odds are that it should be good. Like, I don't think he's produced a dud per se, but it's, you know, uh, I, I have no prior knowledge in a lot of these other characters, like Ms. Marvel. I don't know much about, uh, I'm not as big a Mm -hmm. Marvel guy as I am a DC guy, but I still love the Marvel films. So I'm, I'm going to go into it as like open-minded and as just, Hey, throw it at me. Show me what you got. That's going to be my mentality going into that.
0: It is weird. The The Captain Marvel thing has always been, the, the discussion around it has always been weird to me because a lot of it centers around Brie Larson's performance uh, for a lot of people. And um, the, some of it is the continuity problems that that film kind of created. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's just, I'm... I think she's a very talented actor. So anytime something that she's in, she's enough for me to go see it. Yeah. I mean, she's got an Oscar Uh, on her mantle for a reason. Right. So I think,
1: I just think she gave a bad performance in one movie. I got nothing against her as an actress.
0: But I've liked her. She's stayed consistent in the Avengers films when she's appeared in it. And like, she's been, her role has been consistent and she's maintained that consistent performance. So I don't, looking now back at her, arcs thus far to this point like i kind of feel like that she's just that's just what they're asking her to play maybe so that's that's just how i I've, feel
1: i've enjoyed her it's kind she's kind of like dr strange in the in the aspect where like i enjoy her more in the ensemble movies than right. i did her solo movie mm-hmm. so okay. well there was but like again like i'm hyped for dr strange too like i think that thing looks like that looks like it's bonkers mm-hmm. yes. so again Like I I don't know what the movie's gonna be like. I'm gonna go see it. I see all these movies. I'll judge it when I see it. If it if it blows, it blows. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. You know. But and the same goes for the Batman. I could walk out of the Batman hating it, right? You know, and that would be just devastating.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're we're gonna get to the Batman in a little while. Uh, Another little piece of Marvel news. Pete brought up um, the Eternals, and in the end credit scene of the Eternals, we hear a voice, and that voice is definitely Mahershala Ali's blade. Uh, So. There's a little bit of Blade casting that just came out recently. So Aaron Pierre, who was on a DC show Krypton, is going to be playing opposite Mahershala, Mahershala Ali in Marvel's new Blade movie. We don't know who he's playing yet, which is often the case with these castings. I wish they would find that out before they tell yeah. us. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, Pierre is also going to be the voice of Mufasa in the Lion King prequel. So he's going to be around in that. Uh, he was in M Night Shyamalan's *Old* and an Amazon series, *The Underground Railroad*, which obviously is about the Underground Railroad and um, during the Civil War. So, Adam, do you know any of his work? Are you?
2: I, I saw him in interested *Old*. Interested in *Blade*. I'm, I'm interested okay. in *Blade*. I, I like the first two *Blade* movies with Wesley Snipes. Uh, I think mm. this is a character that should be a lot of fun to bring into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I keep hearing about this Marvel Knights. Uh, Area of the Marvel comics that just sounds more and more interesting the more I hear about like uh, Blade yeah. and Moon Knight, so I'm like, okay, like I kind of right. want to see that. And then uh, this this actor though, I remember seeing him in Old, and he was like one of my favorite parts of Old. I thought he was uh, pretty fun. You know, it was a small, I, I don't know how, if it was that big of a role. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but I remember going, okay, like the dude can act uh, as much as I can remember that movie. So hey, it's. <laughs> You know, I think Marvel knows how to cast. If there's anything they do well that a lot of people can't dispute is they know how to cast. So I have faith mm-hmm. in casting this dude,
1: Pete. I it's I, I like where you said like you were talking about the casting, and I was like, I hear people complain about the Green Lantern TV show and how we don't hear anything about that mm-hmm. other than who was cast as uh, Guy Gardner. And it's funny, like I feel like kind of like the same thing about Blade. Like, where is everyone complaining about this? I guess just Marvel has more brand loyalty and mm-hmm. brand faith. But um, I- I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, I, you know, I I really I'm with Adam. I love Blade One and Blade Two. Blade Three, I hate. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry, Mr. Goyer. It's not your best work. <laughs> um, so I, I'm excited to see. It's, it's got he's got big shoes to fill, but Ali is a fantastic actor you know, stepping into the role after Wesley Snipes did those two fantastic movies and are really something, and I'm I'm interested to see uh, my favorite Daywalker as as a series, like, I'm glad this is a series, right, it's not a movie it's,
2: it's a movie, it's, yeah. oh, it's a
1: movie, okay yeah. I, for some reason I was thinking it's Disney Plus series uh, then, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm still pumped for it regardless, uh, you know, I just, Blade's one of those characters, I fell in love with him during the 90s animated Spider-Man run and uh, that's where I first discovered him and just, really just fell in love with this character half man, half vampire, and his story and it's it's fascinating because i think it's it seems to be marvel is kind of dipping into the horror genre now you know uh similar to what dc has done now they got sam Raimi they had scott derrickson before that yeah uh you know M- M- dr strange 2 looks really scary and it, it seems to have that uh Raimi, uh imprint on it and uh we'll see what blade uh, has in store because i think if you can do something with blade that's a little bit more mature uh, maybe pushes the edge a little bit. Maybe that's a good sign for what they can do with Deadpool, you know, and, right. uh, and, and that property. Cause you know, Blade can be pretty violent. That's, you know, he's, he's got a sword and he's running a stake through vampires hearts. Like <laughs> I'm very interested to see how uh, the house of mouse handles that. Cause it's not really their cup of tea, you know, that's true. So, uh, uh, it's, it's going to be one of those projects where I follow closely because I'm wondering what Disney will and won't do because, you know, there's no smoking in movies now because everyone's so afraid that little kids are going to start smoking cigarettes when everyone's vaping. Um, <laughs> so it's not even like a real thing anymore. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm I'm pumped for Blade. And, you know, I, you know, every little bit of news is nice because it's like with the way content comes out now, you kind of forget what is in development. Right. It's like, here we go. We go from this to this and this, and this is coming right. and this is that. And then, you know, you get so many announcements these days anymore where it's just like, Wow, I can't I can't keep up with all this stuff. That's why I forgot it was a TV sh- uh, a movie, not a TV show.
0: Yeah. Well, what do I always say, Pete? Every time we hear casting, I'm like, "Well, it's good that they're still casting for these things because that means we're still getting it, right?" Yeah. So.
1: Because you yeah. know, everyone always says like superhero fatigue. I was like, "Well, I when where's right. it?" You know, at some point, I keep saying at some point we'll go the way of the western, but uh, yeah. it doesn't look like it's gonna happen for a while. So uh, you know, just soak it all in, guys.
0: Well, one iteration that we thought went the way of the Western and is not has not, and is co- is thankfully coming back in the flash film. Of course, is Michael Keaton's Batman, and he teased the picture just a, s- a silhouette, a shadow, on his Instagram, and uh, it's amazing. I'm just thinking I w- didn't want to talk about this, but it's amazing what just one picture has done. The conversation <laughs> this one picture has started, and we're not even seeing him. It's just like a silhouette shadow photo. But Pete, I know, obviously, TBL Oval, you are huge, huge... Um, this is a huge deal for you. So what did that... Did that silhouette, like, just bring you back again? Or are you like...
1: Yeah, it did. It just, you know... Hey, I, I, I will take a shadowy picture over some goddamn set leak any day of the week. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I, I and I am not afraid to say that. Uh, it, it, It's wonderful. It came from his Instagram. Uh, To see those ears, it, it just it just, you know, warms my heart, man, to see Keaton's Batman back in the fold. And, you know, um, we're all questioning whether, when uh, Batgirl comes out. And I, I recently saw a post from Mr. Usland. I think it was on Facebook where he said, November and December, Keaton returns. So maybe the flash is basically the prequel to Batgirl mm. and it's coming right out. One's coming right after another. So they're going to strike while the iron's hot. So we're going to get a lot of Keaton in a short amount of time. So that gets me really excited um again just really pumped uh, i'm happy that th- they did that and uh, again like if it's going to send a meltdown across uh, zaddy nation then uh, <laughs> i'm all for it
0: so adam we haven't had obviously this is your first time on the show yeah. we haven't had you on what's your excitement level for michael keaton's returns and when was the first time you saw batman 89 oh Let me boy oh
2: there uh well my excitement level is through the roof keaton was my batman growing up uh, Till we got the Dark okay. Knight trilogy, uh, and boy, I wore that VHS tape out as a kid so bad. <laughs> like I can memor—I memorized the Diet Coke commercial with Alfred at the beginning to the, uh, the Warner wow. Brothers catalog commercial with Daffy Duck and Bugs. Uh, yeah, I I almost had to f- buy a replacement at some point because we were wearing that VHS out so much. It out. Yeah, but I mean, seeing him post this picture got me even more excited because it's not the set leaks. It's not somebody else promoting him being batman it's him promoting being batman again and that's what gets me excited it's his uh I, i don't care if it's publicity or what i take this as he's excited to be in this cape and cowl yet again and that's something i've been waiting for for almost well actually 30 years
0: yeah yeah uh of the three of us i remember i remember the hoopla around 89 obviously i was alive i was a teenager i was you know, so I remember that and, and to see that the passion for him the passion by him for this character is still there. Uh, that's the thing. Every time I see something having to do with this, whether it was his hearing his voice in the sizzle reel or mm-hmm. seeing this picture or seeing the, the teaser footage from fandom for the flash, uh, like all of that stuff. It just kind of it, it brings me back to being being that 13 year old kid again going to see this movie. Um for the for the first time. So I just and- spent
1: so much money buying Batman merchandise. The fact <laughs> that they're gonna they're gonna get me again with this Keaton stuff is they're literally robbing me blind here.
0: Yes. So again, this was awesome. I, I just I don't want to get into it, but the conversations that these kinds of things just bring up are incredible.
2: I have to pinch myself that Keaton's back. Like I never thought I'd see the day. Never thought I'd see the day.
0: Exactly.
1: It's yes. it's you know it's it's a real pleasant surprise and you know coming off of the last run that we had very divisive you know really splitting fandom and it was a rough stretch to see where we are right now it almost feels like it's worth it you know if if we all believe the batman is as good as everyone's saying it is and then you know to have keaton come back in the flash and batgirl it almost makes like that that five-year run of misery just seem like man like you know, why do we fall, Bruce, to pick ourselves back up? You know, like, it it really just feels like we we earned it. We, we deserve it. You know, you, you know it's always darkest before the dawn. And just, uh, it, it's nice. the truth. Like, how many Batman quotes can I say? I was just going like, to say it, how it, many more it, you it got. Feels like the, I don't know. It just, it's its its perfect. It really is. Like, man, like, I can't wait for this stuff. And the fact that the Batman's next week and then, you know, November, December, we're getting more Keaton. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. That's just... Yes. I just I you know I hope it's good and I I, I trust Andy Muccietti and oh yeah you know the uh, the Bad Boys directors I think they think they're all going to deliver something really fantastic.
0: Yes, and as we as Pete has been alluding to, of course the Batman is here. It's not coming anymore. It is here. It is literally a week away, a little less than a week away now. Um, and the content, obviously, are surrounding it, and the the marketing push is still tremendous we're still getting tons of information about the film all the interviews that people are doing there was one that stuck out um andy circus was on good morning america talking about uh his portrayal of alfred Mm -hmm. and it was a very cool for me it was a very cool clip to see because they're doing the Alfred iteration that we got on pretty much got on Gotham, which is my favorite. I know Pete hates talking about Gotham, but that's my favorite iteration of the character. And we're getting that in this movie and I'm expecting it to be better. Uh, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I thought of a short part. and his performance on Gotham was one of my favorite parts of the show overall, but this hearing this again, for me was cool. So Adam, what about you? What did you think of Circus's comments about his Alfred and it, what are you looking forward to? It
2: was a great, a uh, great little interview uh, between him and Michael Strahan. And then it was uh, uh, the clip. I mean, I've been trying to avoid as many clips, but I keep kind of getting sucked I in. Know. Like I keep trying to be like, Nope, don't why do it. Watch the clip? Skip like, it. Skip it, skip the clip. Forwarded. But I, I ended up watching it. I think he looks great. And I get more, I wasn't a big fan of Gotham. I, I didn't stick with the show at all. Yeah. But I mean, why would you? Right. <laughs> but it gave me vibes from Batman earth one. And that's kind of an Alfred take I was kind of waiting for us to really get. Like, he's got the scar on his face. He's got, you know, he's not the same old Alfred. And, you know, Andy Circus can act his butt off. And he's one of my favorite actors in Hollywood. So I'm just anxious to see him in more than a 40-second clip. Like, I am super yeah. stoked.
0: Right. So, Pete, he talks about, um, specifically in this article, in this interview, sorry, he talks about how he broke his hip and he— Reeves had written him with a cane and he actually had to have one. <laughs> actually, sounds he had- like he
1: didn't need to act too much, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, he really embodied Alfred uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, that was an interesting interview. Um, they do seem to, I agree with Adam, earth one Batman. It seems to, you know, you combine that and what Snyder was doing with his Alfred and um, it kind of seems to take it to the next level. He mentioned he has military experience he mentioned that that's why the scars are there. That's why he's supposed to be walking with the cane, not because of the actual hip surgery. Um, but he also mentioned how Alfred can't be a father figure to Bruce. And it, it seems like in past iterations of the character that he has been that. And uh, so this looks like it's going to be slightly different, but still very much the same. And, uh, you know, I mean, how could you not be pumped about Andy Circus? Uh, being, We all knew Andy Serkis was going to be in this movie. He is Matt Reeves guy, you know, just yeah. like Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> right? uh-huh. yeah. So, uh, you know, it was just a matter of what character. I remember a lot of people was kind of early on assumed to be Penguin, but I'm happy he's Alfred, which means we'll get him a whole hell of a lot. And, uh, you know, it just again, just great casting. Uh, I liked what he had to say. I- I'm interested to see the role he plays in the movie. Um, as I said earlier, I, I did not watch the clip. I'm, I'm trying to go dark. I don't know when Twitter will get, uh, silenced in my pocket, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing my best to go in as dark as I can. And, uh, you know, so this way I can see the movie as intended as one big piece.
0: Yeah. So that was, uh, that was one of the, the recent interviews that I saw. There was a couple of other interviews, Steve Woundtrop, um, from Collider who I follow on Twitter. He's a really, really cool, really, really good guy. Mm. Um, he did a couple of, um, interviews with Zoe Kravitz, Robert Pattinson, and then with Paul Dano and Jeffrey Wright, specifically talking about the cinematography, um, from great Twitter's Fraser. favorite word. <laughs> yes. And who, from Greg Frazier, who has done so many great, um, projects and star Wars and all these other kinds of um, great films that we've got with, that we all know and love. And, uh, it was interesting to hear the takes that the different groups had, um, pattinson and kravitz were more reverent to him and how look we just went there and kind of he's such a genius we just kind of couldn't believe how you know how how, how he kind of would structure things for us and uh, he made it look a lot easier than it actually was uh pattinson specifically talked about uh how shooting the cowl and how hard that is like he didn't realize mm-hmm. how hard that was right until uh and and frazier just makes it seems so easy and then kravitz was like after we did the screen test he took all these shots of me just these pictures and she's like why is he taking these pictures and it's just to get like the angles
1: he's like studying her face right right.
0: to do the darkness and the light um so those are just a couple of things out of that i found interesting from these uh these interviews Adam, what did you take away from the cinematography interviews?
2: The, the cinematography interviews were great. Like just hearing how these actors you know speak so highly of another member of their set. How how you know a lot of people are kind of awestruck by actors, but the, I think the fact that the actors are awestruck by the dudes behind the camera says a lot for how this production was built. And they spoke a lot on that too. And uh, I even. Uh, you know, Frazier has just been one of those cinematographers. I've seen some of his stuff, and it and everything from the Batman that I've seen is just you can hang every single frame on your wall. That's how gorgeous this film looks, and I can't mm-hmm. wait to see just more than these five second bursts of of uh, video or or film. You know, stretched out and allowed to play out on a big screen, and especially like an IMAX screen because we all know they did some stuff in IMAX too.
0: Yeah, Pete, what about you? What did you take away from?
1: I, it was nice to hear someone, people who know what cinematography actually is talk about cinematography, (laughs) because I feel like it's one of the most overused words on Twitter and and not saying that I know what actual, you know, like like people just use things to sound like cinephiles and they, they have like this image to portray on the internet. And it's just, it's nice to hear people within the profession talk about this. And, you know, I I liked how Jeffrey Wright was like, man, I look at the monitor and like everything's just set up. He's like, that's it. That that's okay. I just got to go act. You know, I just do my thing. Like you guys got everything under control, and they really sh- and the interview with Wright and Daniel really stressed that diner scene that we got teased in the early trailer. Right. Yeah. And so, like, and then they're mentioning like, and then they do this thing with the rig and a coffee cup. And I'm like, oh wow, this thing is like a thing. Okay, <laughs> I'm excited to see this. And it's like these small little details that they're talking about. And he's mentioning these neon lights and the and the greens and the pinks, and it's like okay, so like, it's like it's it's like I said, it's just great to hear people in the field talk about it. Because they're they know the business, you know, they firsthand they're living that life. And, you know, just soak in that information, because for someone like me who like, tries to be as real as possible and not try to seem like I know something I don't, uh, it's like, oh, I learned something today. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, it
0: was cool when Jeffrey Wright said that he's a painter, right? Like that was the yeah, that was the term he used to describe Frazier's work. And Wright has been
1: describing things like he's it's cinema. That was another thing that everyone like that's another (laughs) favorite word on Twitter. Like he's one of us. He said cinema. Like, okay, calm down, please. (laughs) Yeah, man. It was,
0: uh, I, I agree with you. Anytime you hear people, professional people talk about other professional people and how they're in awe and shocked by someone else. Um, and these are obviously people at the top of their games as well. That's always awesome. Whether Mm -hmm. it's sports or whatever it is, um, I always like hearing that and it definitely, I mean, obviously we've seen some of the the clips from the film and we know how good it looks already, but to hear them talk about the process mm-hmm. and how that, how it got there. Uh, I always love hearing that. Yeah, stuff. It's fa- so it's fascinating. That those, stuff is
2: not easy to do. Like I even took taking no. some like film classes in, in Western, you know, you, you know, getting the lighting just right. Like, cause we had to use like actual like eight millimeter, we used eight millimeter film for a project mm-hmm. one time and just getting that lighting just right was so hard to do. You get your film canister back and it's all black. Cause you didn't do something right. So it's kind of like, well, Dude, I haven't heard of time lighting my
1: toy reviews. You kidding
2: me? <laughs> <laughs> like, like people, people just think that, you know, when you see a big budget movie, all they do is point a camera at your actors and you just hit record. There's, there's just so much that goes involved with it. And these dudes are sought after for a reason. That's why you got your Wally Fisters out there. That's why you got, you know, yeah. uh, Roger Deakins out there, who is the the king of cinematographers, you know, there's yep. a reason these guys are sought after because they know what they're doing, and they make the rest of the production just so much easier to handle because you've got somebody who knows exactly how to take a director's vision and get it to the screen.
0: Yeah, it's 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 great. I I really like my antif- antif- anticipation. Sorry, I can't even <laughs> I can't speak. I can't even speak. That's how how crazy. I I just I can't wait to see this movie. And one of the characters I know Pete can't wait to see is, of course, as everyone knows, Pete Loves the Penguin, is (laughs) Colin Farrell's portrayal of the Penguin. And uh, he's also obviously been on the the interview circuit and the marketing for the film. And he fought valiantly for some specific thing. Pete, what was that thing he fought valiantly for?
1: A cigar. He yes. wa- was just, I, you know, hey, foreshadowing. I I teased you <laughs> early on. Uh, yeah, he fought to have a cigar it, it, it for the Penguin, and I thought that would have been great. Um, we, we know that Oswald in Batman Returns spits out the uh, cigarette in the holster. Um, it got one scene, uh, but apparently uh, smoking is so bad that no one can even look at it anymore. So. Uh, you know, it's bummed out because it's like I don't think. First of all, I don't think many young kids are gonna see this movie in theaters to be influenced to go pick up a pack of Marlboros or Cubans. But, right. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever. I you know, again, like, it's not, it's not the end all, be all. Like, I, I mean, there are people upset that they haven't seen the Penguin holding an umbrella yet. So, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, the crazy,
0: the crazy thing for me is I'm thinking, and I when I read that line, I'm like, so is a cigarette now enough to get movie rated R status? Is that Enough.
1: Which, why I said earlier, like people are vaping now, so like cigarettes are a thing of the
0: past. I know it's crazy to think that, but that that's where we are. But man, that's what it seems like. It seems like if you have a cigarette in a, it can't be PG thirteen, right? No, it has to be R now. It's just nuts to think about that. So why another didn't get thing. get so soft? <laughs> yeah, I know it's crazy. Another thing, um, Farrell's been talking about is obviously as we've seen because when I first saw him, I had no idea it was him. There's prosthetics that he has to wear. To pull off this character. Uh, So he talked about one specific. uh, He talked specifically about this. And this is a quote. He said the first day we tried the whole thing out. We took it for a drive. A spin metaphorically speaking. We did it in Burbank. It took about um, six or eight hours. It was a team of 10 or 15 people. And it was really fun. I went into Starbucks and ordered myself a very un-Oswald drink. An oat milk latte with two stevia sweeteners. (laughs) I got a couple of stares. But only because it's such an imposing look designer mark marino did such a good um did so much of the work on me for this so much of the heavy lifting uh so we've we've heard about actors famously going into uh, restaurants and stuff um ledger apparently had gotten into a couple of places when he was the joker um but it was cool what if you pete if you saw someone that if you saw the penguin first of all i know you'd probably lose it <laughs> but if you saw him in a starbucks uh, ordering a oat milk latte, what would, you th- what
1: would you think? First of all, I'm mad no one took a video of this. Like, ah, in, right? in an age where cell phone cameras and everything and ev- anything is recorded, not one person has a video of this guy walking into Starbucks. And, you know, at least the crew members, like, hats off to the, the, the makeup team because, like, obviously the makeup looks so good no one thought this was a character from a movie. Right. You know, like, he's wearing this fat suit, he's got this double chin, this scar, like everyone probably just thought this guy got roughed up a little bit at some point. Um, I, I think it's, I, I think it's great that he was able to pull it off and that the uh, prosthetics and everything work and no one could tell the difference, but I'm, I'm mad that not one of his buddies was recording this while it happened. Right.
2: Yeah. C- kind of a crazy, maybe crazy it'll get
1: released stuff. after the movie. Maybe they're saying, Oh, that'd be a
2: heck of a bonus feature. Just book. watching him going into restaurants and places. <laughs> yeah.
1: That should be the end credit. See, right? There if you go. The post one, credit stinger. <laughs> Oswald eats sushi. Like, like, put Oswald in like ridiculous scenarios. You know, like I, I, I don't know, Oswald at Bed Bath and Beyond.
0: Well, that's what they do. Like, with at the end of Peacemaker, they would have those little extra scenes with the actors doing more of the work. Right. And, uh, if you watch past the credits, like it, it, they would show that there. So uh, that was just a really cool story uh, that that Farrell shared. He is one of the people. I mean, I'm really looking forward to Dano as Riddler, but. I am also interested to see how they go. And what we also find out um, that we're finding out more about is, of course, the status of his follow up show, which is coming on HBO Max, which I know, again, Pete, I'm sure you are super thrilled. I can't. Um, It's kind of in the early stages that he's talking about. He's saying um, they're still trying to hammer down where exactly it's going to go. But uh, it was cool to hear him actually talk about it because we haven't really heard much about it. And now so he's actually
2: voicing it and we know it's going to
0: come. So I'll go to Adam first. Are, yeah. are you interested in this? I'm very interested this?
2: anything right now. Cause like my anticipation level is so high, but I'm at the same time, I'm kind of reserved. Just like, let's have the Batman be a good thing first. And then we can all start getting excited about these future ancillary projects. They're starting to kind of place around the Batman universe. Mm-hmm. But Hey, if, if he's coming back for it, like I'm all in Colin Farrell is a heck of an actor. Uh, Yeah, everything I've pretty much seen him in, he just knocks it out of the park. He's got a few duds, but you know, for on the whole, this dude is just one of the best actors in the business. That doesn't get as much love as I think he deserves.
0: I feel like there's a lot of the characters in this film, like Pattinson's people still associate with Twilight. Uh, Farrell kind of had that little rough patch in his career, kind of fell off for a little while, but then he did a lot of small. He's done a lot of small roles that have kind of brought him back up. Um, Circus, I think people see him more as just a character actor. And I think he's so much more than that.
1: Um, People think of him as a CGI actor. Right. right.
0: Uh, Kravitz is still kind of early enough in her career where not a lot of, not a lot of people know a lot of her work. Um, So I think she's going to be, this is going to propel her up. So I feel like the, I feel like with this film and this happens a lot with superhero movies, we get these actors in kind of delicate stages of their careers and now, okay, this is the time to show it. And this is gonna this is gonna prop them up to even be even bigger than they are. The only one who really has been kind of known now because of the other work he's done is really Jeffrey Wright. Oh yeah, um,
1: I'd say know. as well.
0: Yeah, Totoro, they're known, but they're more known for their TV stuff. Um, but yeah, but even Dano, who I think, I mean, he always plays this kind of a role, so it's gonna be cool to see him doing this version of the Riddler. But yeah, it's, he's always they're always um, he's somebody who. I think after this again, we'll be on the, the tip of everyone's tongue when they talk about future projects. So Pete, yeah, going back to, to Oswald or I'm not even sure if that's what they're going to call the show Oswald, the penguin, who knows? Um, uh, I know you're probably excited to hear this little, yeah. at least talking about it, right?
1: Yeah. I'm pumped. I mean, I think in one of the red carpets, Matt Reeves talked about it and he says that it's definitely going to happen and everything. So that's another, uh, just vote of confidence. And, you know, it, it, it is an interesting point to go back to what Adam said, like, you know, they're doing all these spin offs and they're having all these plans and we haven't seen the movie yet, but I like to think of it as like Warner brothers, just completely o- uber confident in this yeah. film. Like they know that they have a, a gem on their hands. So they're going to strike while the iron's hot. And, you know, I just to do a show on Oswald, I think it's great. Cause you know, while Robin Lord Taylor has his fans and people <laughs> yeah. like that, I, I, that version of the penguin, while it might've been one of the better elements of that show is still not great. And, um, you know, I think we're in for a very definitive look at the Penguin in uh, in this Batman verse, as we are Catwoman. Um, you know, I think those two characters will be very definitive, from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I just, you know, there's been rumors of a Catwoman show early on, and that faded. So now we're getting an Oswald show, and just again, the fact that they're just going to this this Matt Reeves well is really exciting. And I'm just wondering what else he has in store. And you know, whatever this GCPD Arkham show is, I, I, I'm I'm interested in that as well. But the fact that, you know, you're hearing a lot more Penguin, maybe that's the one that's actually going to really get done first and foremost, so we'll see and it, it looks just kind of be uh, the counterpart to, or, the, you know, the sister or whatever spinoff, you know, like, what Peacemaker was a Suicide Squad, Penguin will be right. to the Batman, like, mm-hmm. it just, it's kind of a, the de facto sequel, like, James Gunn has said that Su- Peacemaker is a sequel to Suicide Squad, so, well, yeah, you know, So you know we'll see what happens with Oswald and his journey, and, I <laughs> man, uh, Colin Farrell, he's going to be he's going to be working out a lot. Cause I can't imagine that, that fat suit being light, you know, that might be heavier than the bat suit.
0: Yeah. Like you brought up obviously Robert Lord Taylor's and that was such an over the top interpretation, which worked. That was something. Yeah. One of the things, I mean, whatever you think about that show, it worked in that world. Um, so what we're getting here, obviously should be a lot better uh, and it is. It's going to be. This is again. It's it's hard to keep talking about this because we've been talking about it for so long, and now it's actually here. And the next time we get to talk about it, it will be after we saw the film. So I'm really looking forward. So really quick, Adam, when are you seeing the
2: Batman? I got tickets for the Tuesday fan screening in IMAX. So okay. just a few days away. I'm giddy with excitement.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And I can imagine. Yeah, um, I got. I got because we're all kind of.
2: Yeah, I get to go see it with my dad and my brother. I've seen every Batman film. uh, Well, not every Batman film, but I've seen like the last few films with my dad in the theater. He's the guy who got me into Batman. So it's going to be kind of extra special taking him to see a new iteration of Batman on an IMAX screen of all things, which is my favorite way to see films.
0: Oh, yeah, especially when you know they shot the if they were shot Using IMAX, right. IMAX technology, then yes, that's definitely the way you want to. And go. we
2: got lucky. Like I used to have to drive an hour just to find an IMAX theater. They built one right here uh, around Kalamazoo, so I just got a 15 minute drive awesome. just to the IMAX now, which is great.
0: That's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. So
1: Pete, man, it's here. We are. I, I, I. How long has it been? It's been since 2017, right? <laughs> it's been so long. It's been a long time, man. And yeah. Just, oh man just, just before
0: we were a thing
1: like before we were doing this so yeah we, we've been... always been a thing <laughs> don't 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 deny us don't deny our love so
0: <laughs> this has been such a journey when's um, the first
1: time you're gonna see it
0: when's the first time i'm gonna see it yeah all right i was going to wait but i got a chance to go to the imax greeting for free so, I am going on Tuesday to see Look it. Look at you, you big
1: shot. Look at Yeah, you. I got a chance wow. to
0: go to it for free. And, uh, I'm going to take the opportunity, um, to go see it in IMAX, as Adam said. Um, if it was just a regular screening, I would have waited to go to see it with you guys, um, in Texas. But, uh, because it's IMAX, and like Adam said, it, like we know some of it was shot in IMAX. It's definitely, I couldn't pass it up. So, I'm going to see it Tuesday as well. And I, uh, <laughs> I will, Pete, I promise I won't say a word about it after. If you God, just I'm want my initial good or bad relationship or uh, um, reaction, I'll tell you, good or bad. Um, but from what I'm hearing and what I've heard from people who have seen it, I'm pretty sh- and what I know of the film, I'm pretty sure I'm going to love it regardless.
1: Okay, um, well, good. I, I will be seeing like. it for the first time, I believe it's March 5th in Texas. I'm going to hold out. I want to be the one person to see it for the first time. I want, yeah, I want to do that. And, I wanna have that fresh reaction. Um, so anyways, This will be yeah. the
0: second time for me I'm with Pete when he's first seeing something that I've already seen. Justice League was the first time. Do
2: you, do you just sit there and watch him? Uh, like do you just watch him react to stuff that you know is coming? Everyone's on? gonna be watch everyone's gonna be watching me watch the movie. That's how I
1: feel. That's and how... I'm gonna be sitting next to Rick shoe. so
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna be
0: that should be fun. It's like when I first saw uh, The Dark Knight Rises,
2: watching. you know, there's the scene at the end with the atomic bomb and I started losing it because I was like Oh, sorry, audio kind of got funky on my end. No, go ahead. No, yeah, so when I saw The Dark Knight uh, Rises for the first time, we had 12 people in a whole row at a theater to see the movie at midnight. And when, you know, I thought Batman died, you know, they blew him up with the, the atomic bomb. And I had 11 mm-hmm. faces all down the aisle looking down at me, seeing tears just going down my face. So, <laughs> Oh,
1: man. man. It's, uh, it's going to be something. I just, I can't wait. I just... I really think we're in store for something special. So I, I, I just um, hope nothing gets good, spoiled for you waiting,
2: waiting that long.
1: Uh, no, I, well, do you want to know something? I, I waited the same amount of time to see no way home and I didn't get spoiled. So, okay, that's good. I think, uh, I think I, I got this covered. <laughs> yeah. I have to say of
0: everyone I know who tries to avoid stuff. Pete's the best at it. Okay. Like, he's so good at not. I
1: could be a green lantern. Things. I have willpower. <laughs> yeah. He's
0: really, really good at it. So I have no problem. There's someone who's
1: him. on Twitter as much as I am. <laughs> yeah that's the crazy
0: thing i say that all the time i'm like how do you miss this stuff like, Dude, bring up, so, like oh, so
1: many losers
0: yeah we'll be like oh pete don't you know we know you're waiting to say he's like don't worry about it i'm not gonna see it i totally took care of that we're just like all right that's good because okay, because this, this is something <laughs> i would hate I to meet my friends
1: anyone who le anyone oh. who posted a picture of that keaton set pickup muted like even even someone i talked to like i am like i'm sorry it's
0: yep that's true i, I do have, too.
1: i have rules uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did too. That's, I mean, that's what happened with, for, for me, with Star Wars. I I do that. I did that with the Star Wars films because I was like,
1: I don't want to know a thing. I don't want anyone to When is the anything. first fan screening? Is that Monday?
0: Yes. Monday is the first, I think, fan screening because um, I believe the our friends, the Carusos are going and Zeddy so are going to Sunday that.
1: Sunday night, I'll go on a mute spree so and I'll just mute first, words and yeah. phrases and handles. And,
0: yeah, and then Tuesday is the IMAX screening and then... Obviously, but
1: also like, I'll be, well, I'll be in Texas. Like I have plans. Like there's a Mavs right. game one day yeah. I'm going out. And like, so like, I'm not going to, I'm essentially on vacation. What idiot is on his phone during vacation? The answer is no one. You're having a good time on vacation. So uh, it's not going to be very difficult. It's not like I'm sitting around at home. You know, like I, I, I will be out doing things. I'll be active, eating brisket and tacos. So, <laughs> and I'm going to check out the, uh, the grassy knoll. So I'll be, I'll Ooh, be that's pretty, a good spot. Off,
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think that'll be good too. That we'll all be to, when we're all together, it'll be a good distraction for you. Um, Because I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to talk about the movie. I know other people that we're going to be with will have seen it, but I'm not going to talk about the movie. I'm pretty
1: sure everyone's going to see it except for me and Garrett.
0: Yeah, I think that's it. So I don't know about like Javi and all the other people coming, but they're all staying Uh, at our hotel.
1: So, yeah, I mean, we just we turn. I, I tried to turn this place into a Batman on film frat house, and I succeeded.
0: <laughs> yeah. So out of too bad you you couldn't come down, man. It'd be fun. Yeah. To actually It was it was one of
2: those it. things where it's like I always see those watch you know Jet posting those watch party things. I'm like one of these days, and it was just this wasn't yeah. the year for it, but one of these days I would love to go down. I've always wanted to meet Jet. That's or Bill. That's why I joined the Batman on film fantasy league in the first place with you guys because uh, I was yeah. like. Maybe I'll get to meet uh, Bill. He's always kind of been a, a, a hero of mine, uh, just kind of watching how he conducts the website and everything. And so that was always kind of something that stuck with me and why I stuck with Batman on film since I was in high school. It was like, this dude just runs a, a well, ship of respect, and I, I dig that out of the guy.
1: Well, I think you're going to get a sequel, so maybe we'll see it for the next one. Oh, fingers crossed.
0: Yeah. And, and we'll definitely pass that on to him because, I mean...
1: Oh, he'll listen. He listens.
0: Yeah, he'll. Uh oh, wait. He
2: listens. Uh oh.
1: Hi, Bill. <laughs> he um,
0: no, it's he. He would definitely love to hear that from you, from from fans, because he hears a lot of the other stuff too. I mean, I've
2: tried to I tried to say stuff to him <laughs> yeah. on uh, on Twitter, and well, one time it was when the Lions and Cowboys played in a playoff game uh, back in 2014, which obviously didn't go our way. So I might have been a little bitter with his he... Cowboys. <laughs>
0: He like zones in
1: when it comes to football,
2: right. so
0: it's hard to distract him. From yeah, don't those. bother
1: trying to talk to him on a Sunday during a football Yeah, that, that's,
0: that's not, not going to happen.
2: All right, so
0: Adam, yes. thank you for coming on. Thank you for being cleanup hitter on our our guest month.
2: Hey, thanks thanks a lot oh, for having me, guys. Awesome. I mean, to follow up those three great guests you have had me nervous. I was like, oh, boy, those guys all knocked it out of the park. Like, All I'm going to do is maybe fall on my face. No, you did great. great. This was
0: excellent. Thank you again for coming. And let everyone know where they can find your show and your podcast and all that and talk to you specifically. Yeah,
2: I mean, you guys can find uh, my YouTube channel, the Adam Snow Movie Show. Just do a search. I'm still building a a following, so you still got to kind of just do the search. I don't have a a great URL just yet, but maybe someday uh, you can follow the show on Instagram at the Adam Snow Movie Show or yeah, Adam Snow Movie Show. And then on Twitter at a snow movie show. Uh, is where you can find that. If you enjoy football, uh, I have a podcast with my dad called This Week in the World of Football, uh, where we talk pretty much every kind of football, college, uh, pro, uh, USFL, XFL, you name it, we talk GFL? about it. <laughs> Well, we talk about all of it. We, Canadian football, yeah. We talk CFL too. We love Canadian football. I mean, we we've driven to Toronto and Hamilton to see games up there in Canada before. It's That's great. Awesome. So, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So we love our CFL football. We we can't wait for the CFL season to come back around, especially when the Lions stink as bad as they do. So, <laughs> so yeah, you could. <laughs> well, no pressure, all, right? But you can follow. We we also put some stuff on YouTube. Look for the world of football, Kalamazoo on YouTube as well. Again, we're building a following there. So, uh, if you like football, check us out there. We'd appreciate it
0: no pressure adam but i would love to be on either of your shows so if you ever we're, want to do so have a guest
2: we're we're working on it we're, we're we're kind of working on some kicks we're taking a know. break after we've recorded every week for almost five years So we, we just finished episode 237 on tuesday oh, so yeah it's been a great run and you know i'm surprised my dad hasn't kicked me off for a different co-host yet because i give him so much crap <laughs> But uh, we have a lot of fun doing it, Uh, but we're just taking a little bit of a break to kind of recharge our batteries. The football season has actually died down, so we're like, there's not a whole lot to talk about, so we're going to take a break. We're kind of rearranging his studio, which is where I'm recording in right now. So uh, we're kind of reworking some things, and we're going to work on some videos for his YouTube channel, so I'm trying to help him out with that. So yeah, uh, trying to stay busy while not actually producing uh, a weekly podcast for a couple weeks.
0: Yeah, get ready for the draft, right? That's the next, oh, next yeah, that's, thing. So the that team. and
2: the underwear Olympics coming up.
0: <laughs> I yes. I didn't even know that was that's the true. Thing. The the combine is the underwear. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, okay. Yeah, okay. that's what
1: <laughs> So,
0: all right, Pete. Tell everyone where they could find you and all the things you do because um, you're like the hardest working man in this space. So cool.
1: Sure. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram. and Zach Snyder's favorite platform, Bureau, at Pete Illustrated. You can follow podcast number one the podcast you're listening to now at straight underscore O underscore G straight out of Gotham. Uh, that's a news aggregator feed. Uh, you get the Grundy alerts. You'll get everything that we talk about. Uh, on the show uh, on that feed also check out our facebook group and our facebook fan page it does the same thing so if you're on one platform or another uh we like to keep you covered we're also also check out our instagram if i've mentioned that or not it's straight underscore o underscore g uh we're not very active on there but you'll know when the show is do the grundy alerts uh check out team yellow oval and because uh, we're just celebrating everything keaton and the oval being in print and on film and on tv so big things there follow podcast number two of the italian spider-man coalition podcasts That is an italian uh, an italian spider-man podcast uh, that i co-host with uh, sausage and meatball nick and nico caruso they're great that's at italians for spidey check out my comic book reviews on uh, detective comics at batman on film.com i've got uh, toy reviews on the riddler and the penguin on batman on film youtube i've got interviews with michael useless and tara strong on batman on film youtube and i think that covers it eric take it away
0: as you guys know, you can find me on Twitter at Finally33, spell finale33. Pete handled all the SOG stuff, so I'm not going to go into that. Definitely check us out. On, if you guys enjoy having a little bit of banter discussion with us, though, definitely come to Facebook, the straight out of Gotham Group. Uh, we do a lot, we have a lot of nice conversations there, and it's it's a fun place for our fans to interact with each other. Look out for my new podcast coming in the New York area. If you are a fan of the New York Knicks, I will be starting a podcast called All Nicked Up. It is, which is a perfect title for the way that team is run. Uh, <laughs> so definitely look out for that. It's going to be a little, a fun little thing I'm doing, uh, with with a couple of a couple of other suffering Knicks fans because we just, man, uh, whatever. I,
1: I, even even talking about it, you hear it in my voice. I, I want to be on the I want to and... be on the Knicks Pacers rivalry show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, if it ever if ever heats up again, yeah, we could do we could do a Knicks Pacers rivalry show uh check out guys go go to bof and check out some of my content there obviously i reviewed titans for for batman on film i have interviews with jerry o'connell and rebecca romaine and megan tandy and rachel scarston from pete's favorite show batwoman Batwoman. so you could go and check out all my content over there and uh hey always interact with me on twitter again that's where i'm mostly at and and i can be controversial at times so have fun with me there (laughs) oh no (laughs) Don't go there. Oh, God. Anyway, all right. I guess on that note, we can put this one to bed. So for Adam Snow and Peter Vera, I am Eric Holzman. You are listening to Straight Outta Gotham, and we will see you next time.
1: Booyah!